Blog Talk Radio. A full week of practices is over. The Miami Hurricanes took today off, ladies and gentlemen, to rest their legs for the first of what will be three fall scrimmages, which will be held on Wednesday. Tonight on Kane Sport Live, we will take a look at some of the things that we expect to see decided in that scrimmage. Begin with the quarterback situation. Coach Al Golden has said that he will narrow the chase for Miami's starting job to just two contenders after tomorrow's scrimmage. We expect those two to be Kansas transfer Jay Keeps and true freshman Brad Kaya, who clearly have separated themselves in the first week of training camp. Tonight we will discuss why and we'll go into detail on my belief that Jay Keeps will be the starter at Louisville. Also tonight, we will talk about the increased role that we see for Duke Johnson in the Canes offense this season. We'll talk about the battles on the offensive line and what we see from the defense. But as always, this is your show, and it will be driven by your participation. We have 50 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646 595-2048. As is our typical custom on this show, we've asked the subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear addressed on tonight's show. Here's what they came up with. Who would I like to see start at quarterback? Heaps or Kaya? Not who do I think will start, but who would I like to see start? We'll go into that. And what's up with Kevin Olson? Why isn't he more of a factor in this race? And as of August 12th, I'm being asked to rank in order of likelihood, is Olson going to transfer prior to the season? Is he going to transfer after the season? Is he going to stick it out and maybe play and contribute? We'll discuss that on tonight's show. In all of Al Golden's interviews, he seems to have a different attitude this year than the past three years. What gives with that? Have we seen a difference in him this preseason? Is 7-5 and five or even 8-4 and four acceptable to the staff as the season approaches? What are their realistic expectations going forward? Meaning, at what point do they think that they will have the talent to win the ACC, the national title, etc.? Um, when will Miami get back to being good again? It seems like the program has been stuck in, it's going to be good in two more years for 10 years now. At what point will the coaches run out of rope? Or as long as Al Golden is always in the 7, 8, 9 win range, will the administration at Miami be happy? There are more questions that people want to see addressed on tonight's show. How does this year's Kane's secondary match up to the old days when guys like Sean Taylor and Ed Reed were around? What do I personally mean when I keep saying on the message boards that Louisville is a season-defining game? Do I feel that the team as a whole will have that redemption factor on September 1st, extra motivation after the annihilation that they endured at the Russell Athletic Bowl in Orlando? What's up with Trayon Gray? So much hype on the message boards for so many months. Now that he's in camp, where does he stand, and how does he figure to contribute to this team this season? Similar question with Braxton Berrios. Just what's he doing out there, and where is his role going to be in 2014? 
And what about the dog mentality of the football team in general? Is there a lack of intensity, a lack of give give a damn and passion on this football team? What are we seeing out there on the practice field? We'll talk about that tonight. Who's the third running back going to be? Another good question being posed. So there's tons of stuff for us to talk about tonight, all sorts of issues and questions. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. But let's start the show in, in grand fashion like we always do by going out to the phone lines. And let's begin tonight in the 515 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, I was just trying to listen. Oh, okay, you're just listening in. All right, we'll keep you on hold and uh, go on from there. Let's move on now to the 770, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Hello, you with us? Oh, hey, Gary, what's going on? That's you, man. Who's this? Oh, this is Royal out of Atlanta. Hey, how you been, Royal? Hey, man, what's going on? Yeah, I was going to call you, um... Man, I, I I got a couple of things on my chest, man. I've been thinking about all day that I want to run by you. All right, let's go. One at a time. Hit me. Okay. Um, well, first of all, again, I, I, know, I know you've been following the program a long time, and I respect you and everything. Like I said, I met you a couple of times when you come up here to Georgia Tech. You probably don't remember, but... um, We're coming back this I'm year. To, uh, yeah, well, I'm, try, I'm trying to... Um, right, right, right. I'm trying to understand... Like I said, I got three things I want to talk about. But I'm trying to understand why, you know, you guys could you you guys could talk about the players, talk about the players, and I understand rightfully so. A lot of so y'all talk about the Emmys and all that other shit, but we never really really talk about the coaches and their schemes and putting guys in the right position. And one reason why I say that, I look at the activity of what we do on defense. All guys, okay, the, the linemen stand up the tackle and the guard, and everybody else backpedal to a spot. Now, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan also. That ain't no damn 3-4. There are no linebackers attacking. The, D, the outside linebackers drop to a spot. The, the corners are 10 yards off the ball, drop it to a spot, and then they come forward. They don't know where the ball is, but we don't talk about that. And I'm trying to figure out what film uh, is everybody watching. But we talk about what the kids are not doing. Another thing. Now, you probably really can't answer this, but I'm really trying to understand what is going on in South Florida. It just don't really seem like there's no cane love down there. I'm up here in Atlanta, but it just – and I talk to a lot of guys that live up here that's from down there. It just don't seem like there's no real, real love for Miami. Now, Five six to QAM, that that station down there, supposed to be Miami flagship station. Now I noticed that Sid Rosenberg got fired. If he questioned anything, Silio got fired. If he questioned anything, you can't talk about Pat Riley. You can't talk about that average coach poster. You can't talk about Al Golden, or you're gonna get ran off the station. I, I don't understand that. Now, but but, <laughs> you're right. but, but hold on. Now now Joe Rose. He stood up there, and I'm not, I'm not just talking about this year, Florida State won a championship. It's like Jimbo Fisher is his damn best friend. I'm like, <laughs> I, I've been listening to this guy for like two, three years, and I'm like, I cannot believe this. 
You mean to tell me you sit up here being chummy with our arch rival? You need to listen when when Joe when Jimbo Fisher called out to that station. I, I it's it's all, as a Kane fan, I love Miami. It is unbelievable that you sit up here and talk to the arch rival. Our a team we hate always wanted to be just like us, does nothing but benefit from us, and you sit up and talk to them like it's nothing. I guarantee you couldn't call over to Birmingham and do that with uh, Paul Firebomb talking about talking against Alabama like that. I guarantee you couldn't. Yeah, my guess is that they would tell you it's a little bit of a different situation here in Florida just because you have so many graduates of Florida and Florida State that live in the South Florida area. And and so they think that they're they think they're catering to that audience. But let me um let me dive into these before you go on to any more questions because my memory's not I mean, I've been working hard this week, Royal. My, my memory's not going to go that far out. So, um, you know, let's talk first about, you, you know, you asked about uh, what's, what's wrong with South Florida. And, you know, the, the, the first thing that I can tell you is people are frustrated. You know, it, it's, you know, people like myself and the, that cover the team and, and, and follow the team, we've been sitting here telling you guys that this is a five-year rebuild for 10 years, okay, and, 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 and it has always been a five-year rebuild, and, the, you know, but the, the rebuild it hasn't had conclusions. It, it, you know, five-year rebuilds are turning into three-year rebuilds that start out that just ignite another five-year rebuild, and, you know, people are frustrated. They, they, you know, they were spoiled for many, many years. This was a great winning program, and they want their football program back, and they want their Saturday afternoons back where they can either go to the games or sit down in front of their TV sets and, and see a Miami Hurricane football team representing itself the way that they became accustomed to. And um, so I think that that's what's wrong with South Florida right now is you've had 10 very long, frustrating football seasons that has frustrated an awful lot of people, and okay. it, it has a carryover effect and, and, and a trickle-down effect, and it, it's almost like spread like a, like a plague. You know, to be honest right. with you, right. and, and I, I think and I, I agree with that. I agree with that, but but also, but it but it runs a little deeper than that, Gary. Let's talk about the Dolphins. People don't even come to the NFL Dolphin game. Let's talk about the Marlins, who won two World Series in this decade. They got a brand new stadium. People don't even come to the games. Okay, let's talk about that Miami Heat. Now I understand I could be wrong, but people telling me that a lot of the Heat games, with the success they just had. A lot of their games weren't sold out. I'm just trying to understand I'm, what is going that's on not down true. there. And, they sold out all those okay. games for the last uh, four years. People, okay, what, okay. The, what people okay. talk about with the Heat is people come to the games late because they go out to dinner before the game. You know, it's, okay. it's, it's okay. that type of market. It's a social market. People like to go out, have a couple of drinks before they go over to the arena, go out, go down to South Beach, have a little dinner, maybe stop and have Joe's Stone Crab or Prime 112 or something. And then if they get to the game in the middle of the first quarter, end of the first quarter, they don't really care. And, and, and those are the seats that are, that are empty at the start of the game. When you look upstairs um, where the common right. fans are, they're usually pretty full at the start of the game. So that's the, that's the thing yeah, that people well, knock I mean, in, in, in terms of the heat. Yeah. But, you know, but I, but I think that we addressed your point, which is a legitimate point, in, in what's up with the South Florida fans. And, and I think that the way I describe it to you is really accurate. You know, obviously I get to talk to a lot of people. I understand what they're saying. And, and um, people look to me for explanations to a lot of these things. And, and it's really not so complicated. You know, it's been a rough 10 well, years. I mean, for, well, it's been a rough 10 years, but it's really kind of simple. When you hire 
Now, let's be honest, man. When you hire the wrong coaches who don't have a whole lot of experience, uh, Randy Shannon, they didn't put, they didn't really support that guy. When I when I go back and look at that situation, a first year head coach, first year defense coordinator, first year offense coordinator, you really think you're gonna be good with that? After you just fired uh, Larry Coker, you're not gonna be you're not gonna be successful with that. Al Golden, I like Al Golden, but I mean that guy really. You, I mean you've hired three coaches that has no success. So what do you think is gonna happen? That that's why we where we are right now. But another thing, another thing, Gary. Just last night, uh, this kid Carson Davis out of New Orleans. Now, I know he's a kid and everything. Kid do what he want to do. I, I mean, I've heard that kid talk before. I like the kid. I really want the kid. But how in the world are you gonna go on a flagship Miami station and commit to another school? Oh, well, I'll tell you why. Oh, man. I'll tell you how that happened. Because because Carlton Davis all along was sending out signals that he was committing to Miami, um, including to us. You know, we we never in a million years expected him to commit to Ohio State yesterday. Um, in fact, you know, we you know as you know, we're in constant dialogue with all these recruits. And if right. you had said to us last night at eight o'clock at night, where's Carlton Davis going? And, and we would have said he's going to Miami. I mean, we were we were ready to go. We were ready to cover his commitment. Um, and at the last second, he he switched to Ohio State. And you know, he was on campus at Miami on um, when they had the uh, the family day um, two days ago on Sunday. And he was there with his mom. Oh, really? and, and and yeah, oh, wow. he was there with his mom and the whole family. And um, you know, there were no signs. That, you know, of what was about to happen. And, you know, like I said, we've been in constant dialogue with him, and we thought he was picking Miami, and then, boom, all of a sudden he picks Ohio State. What I'll tell you is I don't know what happened um, yet. You know, we haven't really had a chance to discuss it in detail with him. But, you know, I, I do believe that that's a fluid situation, and, and that's a recruitment that will be ongoing here. You know, you got to remember, you still have six months, uh, seven oh, months yeah. till signing day. So, um Okay. You know, that's one that I don't think is over yet, uh, but, you know, right now he, he's committed to Ohio State. Now, um, let me uh, jump back to your initial question, uh, which I thought okay. was a good one. And, one and you know, you were talking a little bit about defense, and, and you, Royal, you wanted to know about a, accountability and, and judging coaches and things like that. And, you know, all I can give you is my opinion, which for the last three years it has been unfair to judge those coaches um, just because the, they didn't have a, a good enough talent level to be judged. You know, you're sitting there playing defense with guys that don't belong on, on a team at this level of college football. Um, there was a huge talent void on that side of the ball. But, you know, and I said very clearly that that would change in the near future. And, and I believe that time has come here in 2014. I think any judgments that you or any other fan out there makes at this point in, in the uh, Al Golden tenure and heading into, into year four, it is now fair to judge. And 
you know, they've had four signing classes to bring in kids that they've handpicked. Um, some have worked out. A lot of them have not worked out, which continues to be a little bit of a handicap for these coaches. I mean, when you look at all the guys from these recruiting classes of the last four years that aren't on the team right now and didn't stick, it, it's almost like being on a, on a, on a whole other probation. It really is. And it's really almost amazing okay. that they're able to field a team as quality as they, they are able to field with all the defections and and, and uh, failures that they've had to experience or have experienced over the last four years, either through behavioral things or bad evaluations, um, things like that. So um, all that said, that's, you know, that there's accountability for that. And, and that's why I think now going into year four, that it, it is fair to judge. Now, you asked, you also asked about the, the loose coverage in the secondary. Here's what I'll tell you. This secondary that's going to be out on the field on September 1st is by far, and to my eyes, not even close to the level of secondaries that have been out there the last three years. Mark D'Onofrio oh, is playing that. a lot more aggressive coverage in practice right now. And, you know, I'm not going to go into a ton of detail. Let me finish, Will, right. and then I'm going to give you the floor back. I'm not going to go into a ton of hardcore detail because that would be violating um, sort of the rules of my access to practice. And, exactly. you know, I'm not going to give away game planning things and things like that. But what I will tell you is I'm seeing the defensive backfield playing a lot more aggressive and playing a lot better. And, you know, it, if they continue to do so in these scrimmages, I think that will give Mark D'Onofrio the confidence to maybe do some of the things that the fans have been yelling and screaming for the last three years. Um, and we'll see where it takes them from there. And, you know, I mean, everyone's been seeing the same things. Tons of problems. They're, you know, nothing has looked good these last three, three years. And, you know, the onus is on them to make it better and convince everybody that they can get the job done. And I, I hope that answers your question. Oh, that, I mean, that sounds great. I, and I understand you can't tell us everything because, you know, you're the enemies listening. I understand all that. But I, well, I, I, yeah, I don't want to really talk about specific, you know, scheme, like defensive, like strategy things that they might use at, in the Louisville game. That wouldn't be right, you know. I think, I, I think, I right. think we'd get banned from practice pretty fast, you know. Right. Okay, I, I got one more other thing, and, I, and I, you can't really answer this, but I, I'm going to tell you what the, uh, what the rumor has always been on the street as far as um, – the on-campus stadium, why we can't get one, supposedly. Um, I'm telling you, a lot of people on, on the street are saying that the reason why UM won't get an on-campus stadium is because they don't want the black and Latino community in Coral Gables those six, seven weeks out of the season. I'm dead serious. Oh, that's a bunch of nonsense. That, oh, that, okay. that couldn't be the first. Right, that there. couldn't be the first thing from the truth. I mean, who do you think li lives in those communities now? I mean, it, it's all well, Latino and, 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 and black we're minorities. About, we're not talking about Miami. We're talking about Coral Gables. Yeah, I, Coral Gables too. Trust me. You take that radius around around the um, the campus there. Uh, you know, you could draw a ten. So let's say a 10-mile circle around the University of Miami campus, and I'll tell you right now that the Latino and the black demographic is hugely represented in those areas. Hugely. Okay. So, no, absolutely no truth okay. to that. 
They they just there's a couple things. A right now they don't have the money, and B even if they did have the money, there's no land on campus to put the stadium. They'd have to you know try to figure something out. But you know it, it would be very hard to have that type of facility on that campus when you look at all the different traffic situations and parking and things like that. I don't know that I ever see that happening. All right, Royal, listen, thank you so, so much for uh, calling the show tonight. Um, always enjoy talking to you. Uh, hope you'll call us right. in future weeks, and um, hope right. we answered your questions. All right, thanks, man. All right, Royal. Royal from Atlanta, always a great caller to the show. All right, 646-595-2048, 646 646- Five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go out now to the three oh five, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I didn't realize I was on. That's how you are on. You are on. What you I got thought, for us tonight? I thought there would be more of a more of a uh, traffic jam with the phone lines. Oh, there's a traffic um, jam, but, but you are on now. So what you got? Okay, so just real quick, I know you don't want to get into schemes, um, and I'm just trying to understand exactly the way. I've been watching, you know, the last few years I've noticed that uh, on our defensive line, we get, you know, we've been getting driven back and pushed back on every single play. It's almost as if that's part of the scheme. We ha- we have, I know that we haven't really had the talent until now to, to be where, you know, I think the coaches say we need to be, but we've still had, you know, these guys like Porter and, you know, Olsen Pierre and big, big heavy guys, 350 you know, 20 to 330-pound type guys. We've had big, you know, big linemen on there. Is it the scheme that has them playing, you know, what they call the two-gap, where, you know, they have to, they have to hold on to the, the other linemen and then kind of, you know, uh, hold them in a position before they pick the gap and try to, you know, stop the blocker, I mean the runner? Or is it just the player? And if that's the case, are they, you know, and I, again, I, don't, I know you don't want to get into schemes and stuff, but, you know, I, I look at all the good teams. Like, you look at the, you know, Florida, uh, the Gators in terms of their defense, and, you know, other SEC-type teams, and their linemen are causing havoc on the defensive side. I mean, they are, they're hitting the gap, and they're going, and I don't see them stand up there and hold, you know, hold position before they pick their gap. I see them go. Uh, are we going to get to that point? You know, the old Canes were like that. You know, they would just drive and cause havoc right through the hole. Are, are we no, getting back no. to that to, to me, it's quality of personnel, to be honest with you. And um, I think, I think they're, they're deeper this year. Um, as I'm watching practice, I'm still not sure I see an impact talent up front. You know, I, I've, I've, for example, I've seen Chad Thomas make some good plays. I haven't seen him do it against the first team. So, you, you know, I, I think it's still a work in progress, to be totally honest with you. And I, and I think a lot of it is, is a personnel issue where you don't really have – impact, proven impact talent up front. And I'll go down the list real quick and you'll see what I mean. Anthony Ciccolo uh, has, you know, been a very average achiever his first three years. You look at it honestly. Jelani Hamilton going into his junior year, a big defensive tackle out of St. Thomas that everybody thought was going to be a very strong college football player. He's done nothing to this point in his career. Um, And I'm doing this alphabetically. Trent Harris is a true freshman who is showing promise. He's getting a lot of first-team reps in in his first semester on campus, but he's a true freshman, and you don't have no idea what you're going to get out of him. Uh, Calvin Hurtaloo is a guy that, that's coming in as a, as a transfer. Um, 
the one thing I'll tell you about Hurdle, he's a he's a big, he's a six three, three hundred and ten pounder, and we watched him extensively in spring practice, and he did not look very good at all, and we thought he was going to be a total bust. He has reinvented his body in those four months in between spring practice and the start of fall camp. Looks like a whole different player this fall, and my opinion on him has totally changed. I do think he's going to make a contribution this year, but I'm not going to make any kind of crazy predictions that he's going to be an impact defensive tackle by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Demetrius Jackson is true, another true freshman with promise, uh, a kid who put on, uh, looks to me like he put on about 20, 25 pounds in the offseason, but i got to believe that he's going to get targeted for a redshirt this year. Um, Cortell Jenkins is a, is a true freshman coming in with a, a really impressive mean streak. He practices really hard and intense. Um, that's something that you should be happy about and, and you love to see. But again, he's a true freshman. You don't know how much he's going to be able to contribute this year. Yufamba Kamalu looks phenomenal. I mean, a, an absolute physical specimen as a redshirt junior. But didn't really do a whole heck of a lot last year. And, and you know, I saw somebody on the message boards this week try to make a prediction, and he's going to be a, a double-digit sack guy uh, this fall. And, um, you know, I, I would say let him, let, let him get to three or four first before, you know, you start making a projection that he's going to get to 11, you know. But, but yeah. you know, he's a guy with promise who who's going to get a lot of playing time this year. But you're certainly not going to consider him an impact guy at this point, Corey King, Earl Moore, you know, journeyman guys that are, you know, yeah. filling spots but have not made big impacts to this point, and they're juniors. Uh, Anthony Moten, the true freshman, a big, a big kid, nice-sized freshman out of St. Thomas Aquinas, but you're certainly not going to project that he's going to be an impact player this year as a true freshman. Al-Quddin Muhammad right now is fighting for his life just to be a rush end, which is the role he had um, last year, and, and they've got him, Trent Harris, and uh, McCord all competing just to be a pass rusher on third down. So I'm not going to sit here and project him as an impact player up front this season. Um, Olsen yeah, Pierre, go ahead, let me finish. I just got a few more, and you're going to see what I mean here. <laughs> I just want, I want to go through the whole list so you understand, and it'll okay, answer your yeah, question. Olsen Pierre, a fourth-year guy who's had a very, you know, non-eventful career at Miami. He, he's, he's without question a rotation guy um, who plays a lot of reps. But are you going to project him as an impact guy? Mike Smith, true freshman, nowhere on the depth chart right now. I talked about Chad Thomas. I think he'll play quite a bit this year, but I'm not ready to project him as an impact player this year. And Michael Weiss, a guy that everyone was all excited about, um, came in, and, and he's had to take the first few weeks to try to get in a little better shape so he can move better. And he's starting to show some signs of that. He's a big, strong 340-pound kid. Um, Impact player, I don't see Warren Sapp when I, looked at, when I look at Michael Weish. I don't see Vince Woolfork when I watch Michael Weish. Do I think he'll be a quality player? Yes, but I am not going to proclaim him an impact player either. So that's every defensive lineman that's on this roster right now. And there's not one guy, again, this is now at least obviously the four Al Golden seasons, and you'd have to go back and, and you know remember the Randy Shannon years. But this is yet another season that's starting without a proven impact player on the defensive line. And that is a okay, tough I... way to go. And when you only have one at linebacker in Denzel Perriman, to me, when you don't have in your front seven more than one proven reasonable impact player, that is not a recipe for success, even with the secondary being much better. And that's why I'm taking a wait-and-see approach. And, yes, I think the defense could be a little better. They have a lot more bodies but 
I think it, uh, there's going to be tough moments oh, hold, as well. Hold, hold on one second, Gary. Hold on one second. Okay. Where so are you going? All of those guys. No, no, no. I just mean hold, hold on one second before before oh. we because uh, it sounded like you were wrapping it up. But, uh, Gary. Oh no, no. Those go ahead. Guys that, yeah, those guys that you named. Okay. Most of them are four and, and some of them even five star players. Okay, that we recruited, that we thought would be impact players when we recruited them. Now we're asking, now you're saying they're not impact players. The question is why? Is it all the players? Are, are really out of all those players, and by the way, I think some of them are, I mean, they seem to me like some of them are really very much impact players, and how would they do in other teams? But is it re, can we really sit back and say guys like Jelani Hamilton, all this, they're not impact players just because they're not doing well in our scheme? Now, the, so that, there goes, that goes back to my it's question. It's a great question, and it's a very applicable question. Yeah, but none of those guys in three years, nobody is penetrating to that defensive line. It doesn't make sense. You well, can't, I mean, it's, really it's, it's, it's a legitimate point. Who has Jethro Franklin developed on the defensive line? A very legitimate question, um, and there's a lot of eyeballs on, on that spot this year, and, and people want to start seeing something out of the defensive line position. I mean, Chad Thomas, Chad, Chad Thomas, I, I, you know, I have a hard time if Chad Thomas doesn't produce at least do something amazing, you know, something that you can see he's a real impact player or going to be an impact player. You got to really wonder what's going on with the coaching and the scheme when you got the, the most, you know, uh, the most wanted high school defensive end in the country comes to our team or at least one of them comes to our team and, and he's not even looking like an impact player. You got to wonder what's up with the scheme. You know, the way that well, he's a true freshman. Guys. Don't forget that. No, no, I, I understand that. But still, even as a true freshman, with his size and his ability, you would see doesn't matter. Or true freshman else. shouldn't even be playing on the defensive line. Right. Absolutely not. They're they're not okay. ready. They're, 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 you again, can throw him out there, and a guy as gifted as Chad Thomas might make a play here or there. But you put Chad Thomas, there, you line him up um, across Eric Flowers, for example, and tell him go rush the passer and see what happens. Yeah. Absolutely nothing's going to happen. But my you point is, you're the practices. You know, you see everything going on behind the scenes, and I know there's a lot of information you really can't give us because you have a confidentiality. No, I can give you most. I just don't want to comment on specific, you know, scheme things that they're doing. Right. Um, but what? But but really, is there really? Is it really the player, or do they teach these guys to to go? Well, you know, to, to you're going to find out this year. You're going to be able to answer that question in about four or five weeks. Okay. Because it's fair sense. to judge now. It is. And, right. and I've been the first one to say you can't judge, you can't judge, you can't judge, you can't judge. This year, it's fair to judge. Judge away. Right. And you're going to be able to and answer your own question. question in about four or five weeks. By the time you're done with that first month of the season, you're going to be able to answer your question. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Okay. And then last question I have for you, okay? And somebody actually asked you this, but I just wanted to get a little bit more information about it. It was a very good question on the board. Somebody asked you, it, how would you compare the intensity, you know, to uh, in terms of the practices between Al Golden and going all the way back to, you know, the Butch and Coker days? Um, can you give me a little, a little information yeah. regarding that you saw as different? I mean, going back to the you know the late 90s and the early 2000s there's like absolutely no comparison i mean there really isn't um it's different and 
you know, every coach has, every head coach has their own style of practice. Um, Miami's practices right now are very, they're very workmanlike. Um, it's, it's very businesslike. And they, you know, they, they pump music at times and, and things like that. It's totally different than what you'll see at most places. And, you know, I was kind of chuckling the other day because, you know, I've been around all these coaches for a long time. And the other day at practice, all of a sudden in the middle of practice, James Coley, um, just went on a, in, a, in a rage, and he, he takes his headset, and he slams it to the field, and he's like, that, you know, screw this headset, you know, and, and he's yelling and screaming to every single player on the offensive side of the football, and um, he was sending a message that I want more intensity, and, and I want this damn thing amped up here, and what's going on on the field is not acceptable, and there, at times, it, it, it is very library esque out there it really is it, 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 it's almost like you are really in somebody's office and um, right. it, it is different from how it was back you know under Jimmy and, and, and Butch and, and, and those guys um, but that doesn't mean it's bad I don't think it's fair to say it's bad I think I think Al Golden is going to be measured on the success that he's going to have this year and, and next year and maybe the year after, you know, because like I said, it is fair to judge now. And uh, maybe what he's doing can work just as well as what those other guys did. And, you know, you know we'll see. But, but no, there's no comparison. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm 30 years old. You know, I grew up watching the hardcore Canes, you know, just knocking people out and being the bad boys of football. But we definitely miss that, man. I hope we can, you know, get back to that. But who knows? Well, we'll see what happens. Hey, thanks for being part of the show. All right, boss. Thank you, man. All righty. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let me see here. Let me go to the uh, 850 now, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? What's good, Jerry? Doing good. Who's this? Hello? Yeah, who's this? Good, hey, Jay. what's going on, man? What's your for us tonight? What's up, man? I, I really, I mean, I don't have too many, too many crazy questions. I'm hearing everything people, people are asking you. I mean, I already know it's been a three or four years with Golden. We've been criticizing them guys, so I know this, this must like be the year to judge. But I got, I got, I got maybe two or three questions for you. I want to know about that uh, Jake, that Jake Heat cat, man. How does he look? Is he look like he could be the real deal or what? All right, let's. I mean, let's keep it in perspective. I mean, it, it, what do you mean by the real deal? I mean, are you talking about, you know, the, the second coming of Ken Dorsey? Are you talking about, you know, you, you, you know, like you talking about, uh, you know, Johnny Manziel level football? You know, what do you mean by the real deal? It's, does it look like it could be solid? Because, I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm looking at this team for a couple of years, and I feel like if we could get, Good D line play and good quarterback play. This could be a solid year for us. Even though I, I think you, you can get decent. From what I've seen of Jake Heaps, you can get decent quarterback play. He's got limitations. You know, he's not he's not a very big kid. So there's going to be times when teams get pass rush on him that he's not going to be able to see down the field very well. Um, they're going to have to be very careful how they call the game. You know, it, 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 there's going to be a lot of pressure on James Coley this year and his play calling and, and, and putting Jake Heaps in positions to be successful if he is, in fact, the starter, as I believe he is going to be. Um, he can be effective. He's, he's, he's had some very good, consistent moments in practice. But 
he has limitations, and you know, he, he like I said, there's going to be times when he 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 struggles out there also. So, um, yeah. but when you look at the whole picture of where Miami is right now, a quarterback with uh, a true freshman like Brad Kaya coming in, and the Ryan Williams injury situation. Um, Jake Heaps' arrival on this football team was a godsend because he gives you a guy that's at least been in the fire. He started 30 football games, and even though his team teams actually teams at BYU and Kansas were not very good, he still had to go through a week of preparing for very good football teams and and game plans and working with Charlie Weiss last year and things like that. So this is a kid that understands what he's doing when he steps on the practice field, and that's a huge deal when you're talking about a team like Miami that has all of these skill athletes to put around the quarterback. Yeah, exactly. I want to. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I want to. Uh, I want to literate. I heard you just go through the defensive line, and clearly, we all know we have no impact players on the defensive line. But do you feel like just the depth that we do have now will still make the defensive line a little more better? I mean, it's not like we got three or four guys just tiring the behinds out. You know, at least we can get a couple subs in there with a depth. Yeah, you got a lot of bodies. You have a lot of bodies, and if somebody's not playing well, they can be removed very quickly. That's the difference. You know, last year, the year before, if Curtis Porter wasn't playing well, you you were kind of screwed, right? You know, you still have to leave Curtis Porter in there. You know, this year, if uh, Calvin Hurtaloo is not playing well or Earl Moore is not playing well, you know, you can take boot them right out of there and put somebody else in, and that that's something that they do have this year. They have a lot more bodies up front and a lot more options. Does does that excite you a little bit? I mean, the depth, because I mean, I mean, to me, I'm kind of hyped about it. I mean, you know, we haven't had it like that in a minute. You know, with bodies like that. And I got to see results. I mean, I'm a results guy. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't. You know, I'm standing out on the practice field yesterday, and I, and, and I won't mention any names, but I'm, I'm listening to two guys talk who have been around this program for a long, long time. And one of them points over to um, Moten and says, man, look at him. He's almost 300 pounds as a true freshman. And, you know, that's what guys here used to look like when they were seniors, and now they look like that when they're freshmen. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, uh, you know, okay, but, you know, and that's great. And, 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 you know, he's just one example. I mean, he does, you know, he is a big freshman and looks like a good prospect. But it's about results on game day. And, and what are you, what are these guys going to do when, when the ball snapped? And are they going to make plays? And are they going to penetrate the line of scrimmage? Everybody has 290 pound guys on their roster. Every team in college football is going to feel the defensive line. It's not about, you know, how big you are and that sort of thing. It's how good of a football player you are. And and that's why I don't think any of these guys have proven to you, me, anybody else listening tonight, that they're great defensive linemen. And, you know, this this is what this team needs to happen to take the next step forward. Somebody's got to step up and say, you know, I'm going to be the man and then back it up with play on Saturday. Yeah, you got you got to back it up. I got I got another question for you. Uh, I read a report that said the, the secondary, the linebacker, we're, we're looking freakishly fast. Is that is there any truth behind that? Secondary is looking very good, very very good. I've been very impressed with secondary linebackers. I'm not 
no, I'm not going to put them in the same category. I mean, obviously Denzel Perriman is a very good player, um, but um, you know, I think Owens is a, is a good young prospect who who might make a decent contribution this year. But I'm not, you know, I, I could go through the linebackers and do the same thing with the defensive line. And there's not there's not too many guys there that have proven anything to anybody yet. And I just feel like you got to prove it first before you yeah, get you the status. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, now yeah, one guy to keep an eye on as a, as a third down guy is Jermaine Grace. Uh, I think he's been doing very well in camp on third downs and coverage and 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 and, and so forth. But um, you know, I'm not ready to say that anybody at linebacker is you know jumping off the field. Um, defensive backs uh, have definitely upgraded themselves significantly. Yeah, I'm hearing I'm hearing Crawford pushing a lot of them guys, man. They're all. I mean, they're all yeah. playing good football in the defensive backfield. I mean, there's not one. I'm looking down the list right now. There's not one guy um, that I, you know, would point to other than like guys that don't factor in at all. Like maybe like Ryan Mays, Ray Lewis the third. I don't think they factor in very much this year. But if you look at those, like say ten guys that you're expecting to play in the secondary this fall. Every single one of them has looked good so far in fall camp. Very impressive the way that that position group in particular has improved itself in the off season. Great, great. Yeah, how how is how is uh, how is taking on ice? Being being uh, ice. Being, he's got his feet wet out there. He looks like he's uh, communicating well with the kids and and doing a good job. And you know he's got some decent talents there at at running back. Um, you know everybody knows about Duke, obviously. But another yeah, guy yeah, that's yeah. really impressed me in, in this first week of practice is Gus Edwards. Um, I think he's going to have a really good year as long is as he Gus stays running, healthy. Is, Gus running, is he running low? Yeah, he's, he's running. running he's running strong, and he, oh, okay. he's. He's finishing, and he, he looks very very good to me now. And um, I, I think Yearby's got some nice bursts. He's got to get healthy to, to the max. Um, but, you know, clearly a kid that even though he's not that big, he does have some toughness. And I think Yearby will make a, a decent contribution this year as well. Good, man. Um, good, man. Since it was on my list, I'll just address Trayon Gray right now. Um, he's come in. Everyone's been hyping him up on the message boards. Um, he's got a lot of catching up to do. I don't think he's in peak condition right now. Uh, he's got to learn the playbook. Uh, so my expectations for Trayon Gray this year are not real high. Um, I, there, there's a chance that he might, you know, get into the mix of play a little bit, um, but I'm not expecting this massive impact from him this year unless there's injuries that uh, so many right. have been trying to project on the message boards. Right, right. Yeah, man, before I go, man, I just got one thing to say, man. I feel like a lot of pressure on Kohler this year, man, because last year the play calling was terrible to me. I, I don't think I saw one screen all year. So, yeah, you'll see him this year. He's, he's adjusted, and and he knows okay. where he, he he you know he's a guy that to me you know clearly you know does a lot of self analysis, and you know I think that he saw some of those things that you just mentioned, and and I've seen a big difference in that regard so far in fall camp, and um, I think you're going to see them even with all the great playmakers they have at receiver that they're obviously going to want to get the ball to. I think you're also going to see them throw the ball to the running backs a little bit more this year, which is something they were not very successful with last year, partially due to the fact that Stephen Morris wouldn't check down the way they needed him to. Um, but I think that, you know Jake Keeps will, and and I think you're going to see a lot more passes to the running backs this year. So you got Kai after Heaps and, and probably Rozier because we feeling like Olsen uh, – it's probably best for him to just go ahead and transfer. Well, right now I would say it's probably um, you'd probably line them. They'll probably line up, you know, unless something crazy happens in the scrimmage tomorrow. Uh, Heaps, Kaya, uh, Olsen, Rozier 
would probably okay. be right. where it stands right now. And, and the wild card being Ryan Williams, nobody knows when he's going to be cleared for yeah, full, full knows, go. Yeah. Bad, bad, yep. bad, bad deal for him, man. We were looking forward to seeing him play. But, hey, it is what it is, man. But good talking to you, man. That's all I wanted, man. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. We all appreciate right. it. All right. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go out now to the 562, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? What's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Hello. Hey, Lil, how are you? What do you got oh, for us this evening? Oh, nothing much. What man. can we do for you? Calling in regards to QE battle, I say we go with Kaya, especially as everything is equal. Why? Number one, why and who said it's equal? You know what I'm saying? If all things are equal, I say we go with Kaya. Based on, you'll have four years. I, don't, I, don't, I personally don't think they're equal. Uh, I mean, to okay. me, Jay Keeps looks a little bit more steady, which he should. I mean, he's, he's been playing out for four years. I mean, he, he should look more steady than a kid coming out of high school. But let me tell you something about Brad Kaya, and he's making it a lot closer than I thought he would be. And physically, there is not a lot of difference between these two. Um, but when, when the lights go on and, and it gets crazy, right now Jay Keeps is a little bit better equipped to handle that than Brad Kaya. But Brad Kaya is an exceptional young quarterback prospect. Well, I'm partial to Kaya. Basically, I ain't gonna lie. I'm from California, so you know I'm going born. So why why are you partial to anybody? Uh, I mean, why be partial? You want you want the guy that gives the team the best chance to win to start the game. Absolutely, but but in order as far as you're saying partial, I'm saying only because of the four year thing. I don't want a guy that can help us one year and and then all of a sudden he's gone. You know. Well, if he buys you time. To properly develop Kaya, and and you know by properly develop I mean give him some time this year, uh, let him get his feet wet, or redshirt him if that becomes what you think is best because Ryan Williams comes back uh, sooner than later. Um, if you have the opportunity to properly develop Brad Kaya, then you're not only doing what's best for the football team, you're doing what's best for Brad Kaya. I mean it's tough to throw a true freshman out there in a in, in a college football season. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. But I, I would just honestly myself, I rolled the dice on them. I guess you win that part. My other question would be, who's the part-time assistant coaches? Who do we have helping Coley with the quarterbacks? I see our graduate assistant is the whole line guy. What do we have as far as help for Coley to help with the quarterback position? Not Coley. Coley coaches the quarterbacks by himself. In fact, it was funny, and, and he takes it personally too. I mean, the other day in practice um, – you know, Jay Keeps was a little bit slow on an, on an audible, and Taylor Gadbois says to him, "You got to go faster." And Coley went nuts. He, he says, "I talk to the quarterbacks. You don't talk to the quarterback. I talk to the quarterbacks. You know, I'm the one coaching the quarterbacks." And you know, I, I thought it was pretty funny. But yes, he he clearly is the guy that is taking ownership for coaching those guys up. And uh, from what I've seen in practice so far, he is doing a, like, he's a, a masterful, absolutely masterful job with these quarterbacks. And if you guys, you know, I wish all you all could have come out to practice and, and seen 
the way these kids from from day one walked on the practice field, and you're talking the Heaps is a guy that showed up here at the end of June, and Kai is a true freshman, um, and you know these guys walked out there and looked like you know three four year veterans the way they're making calls at the line of scrimmage and running the offense. It has been so smooth, way smoother, and I mean not even in the same stratosphere smoother than it was in spring practice with Ryan Williams and Kevin Olsen running the offense. Guys, uh, Ryan Williams had been there for several years, and he obviously was, was relatively solid. But Kevin Olsen doesn't even hold a candle to these two guys based on what he did in spring practice and what they did the first week of fall. I mean, I'm telling you, it was not even in the stratosphere. It was so impressive, and that tells you and me that James Coley is doing a really good job coaching the quarterbacks. Okay. I, I hope it works out well. It's just a little concern, you know, just seeing how things worked out last year and the regression of Morris. So it was a little bit of concern there. But I see we got some uh, great recruiters. I'm just more concerned about the technician and making the players better because player development hasn't been working out for us lately. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. She's about to start. I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling real good about things. I ain't going to be negative. All right. You got anything else tonight? No, that's about it, Gary. Thanks. I'll just listen to the call. All right, man. Hey, thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go now to the 954, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Are you with us? Going once. Going twice. All right, you'll have to call us back. Uh, let's try one more in the 954, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Gary, how you doing, man? Blake from, uh, from Fort Lauderdale, man. What do you say your name is? Blake Varello from Fort Lauderdale. All right, Blake, what you got, man? A couple things. Um, I guess since we're just talking about the quarterback, I don't mean to beat a, beat a drum in like this, but um, basically, you know, so, so you have uh, Heaps or Kaya start, and then, you know, hopefully they play well enough to we could string off, you know, two, three victories in a row. You got Ryan Williams coming back, and he comes back, and he seems like he's okay. What do you think the coaches would do? I mean, do they do they yank the quarterbacks, whoever that quarterback that's playing well, or do they, you know, stay loyal to Williams, or they or they they keep the keep the guy with the hot hand in? I mean, what do you think? They, what do you think Coley and Golden would do with that? I don't think that question can be answered right now, to be totally honest with you. I, I certainly don't have an answer, and I bet you they don't have an answer. You know, I, I think this is a week-to-week thing. I don't think anybody has any clue what's going to happen on Labor Day. You know, that they're going to go out there with the with, with the guy that they think gives them the best chance to have success. I personally think that'll be Jay Keeps, and see what happens. You know, I don't I don't think that this is a situation where they've got the whole season planned out at the quarterback position. This is going to be a week to week fluctuating thing based on results, and um, I think that's a conversation for us to have on about September the, the uh, I guess the second. All right, cool. I, I respect that, and um, another thing. Mike, you think Coach Burrow? You think he? You know, you think he left because of? You know, really, I know his mom is sick, but do you think he left because of that, or do you think it's more so he kind of wanted to maybe open up his wings and try something else different? You know, kind of like uh, a la what Irma Meyer did, so he, you know, said his family issues, and then there's something maybe down the line that he wants to do something else other than that, uh, coaching at Miami, or what do you think? 
Well, I mean, I, I think the struggles that the defense has, has had now for the seven years that he's been there in that spot have, have worn on him a little bit. Um, but I do think that he wanted to go take care of his mom, and, and that's why he did it. The, the timing wasn't real good, but uh, it was a decision he had to make. And, uh, you know, Mike is, is that kind of guy, you know. I mean, if he needs to sit there with his mom and he hasn't – he has opted to not discuss – the situations that she's going through and, and what he needs to do and be. Um, but he is the type of guy that, that would go there and be with his mom if, if that's what she needs. Uh, I appreciate that. And then uh, one last thing. What, I mean, I know it's kind of a, you know open-ended question, but do you, do you feel any kind of – I mean, do you feel pretty much uncomfortable playing a team like Wooba that just came in pretty much in a neutral site and just made a – made us look like a lousy football team. So I was wondering, you know, if it's one of those things where uh, you think we're going to, you know, have a tough time or you think it's pretty much a toss-up because it's the first game of the season and you don't know what, what they're bringing and what we're bringing and who's quarterbacking and whatnot. I, I think Miami will show up for this game in a, in a better state than they showed up at the bowl game. Um, I don't think Louisville will be quite as good, but I think they'll still be very, very good. And Miami's going to have to play really well to win this game. And, and you know, going back to one of the topics I, I, I talked about at, at the beginning of the show, we might as well address this part of this question. Um, I do feel it's a signature game for this season. I really do. I, I think it's a defining game. I think that it's so important for the Miami football program that they show up there at Louisville and play a quality game against a quality opponent and actually you know, win the game because they haven't done really well against quality competition for several seasons now. And uh, this is a program that needs to reestablish itself. And uh, this game is going to set the tone. You lose this game at Louisville on opening night, you are running uphill the entire season with very little margin for error because you get to that point where you have two losses now um, in the Coastal, and uh, it's going to be tough, you know. It's, it's going to be tough. And um, so I, I think that this is a, a season-defining football game. All right, Gary, I appreciate your time, man. And uh, I guess have a good rest of the week. And, uh, and to your All right, man, you about, too. Uh, Thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again uh, next week, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go out now to the 225, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Hey, Gary. How are you doing? What's your name? I'm Jason, man. Look, I, I wasn't trying to get in the queue, but uh, I'll, I'll chime in anyway. Um, I got a question, man. I kind of like what one of the guys was talking about earlier. Um, he was talking about the defensive line, and I just kind of want to get your perspective on it. When when he was talking about, you know, you have all of these guys on the defensive line, like uh, uh, what's the defensive line? I mean, the defensive end that moved to tackle, Hamilton. You have Hamilton, you have Chad Thomas. You have several guys out there that are um, – Kamalu also just quote unquote uh, are not impact players and and I agree right now that they're not impact players but you know I, I guess I, my question is is why is it that when when the ball is snapped every lineman that's on Miami team stands straight up and look they stand straight up and look in the backfield like you know they they stand straight up and they start reading the backfield and. This seems to me, now I watch a lot of college football, and I'm sure you do too, 
Now, you, if, if you can't, tell me any team in the country that does that where they don't just get up the field sometimes because we're not going to never get a pass rush if we stay doing what we're doing right now. That's just my opinion. If, if when the ball is hiked, Olsen Pierre, uh, and you can go back to the videos that they've been posting uh, daily. You look at Anthony Chicolo he, when he's going one on one, I think against one of the linemen or something, and and they practice this. He's on a he's on a heel of his feet. Now, as a defensive line lineman, don't you think that you're supposed to be in like a runner stance, and so to speak, like getting ready to burst off the ball? And they don't do that. Everybody stands straight up. So you, how are you going to get a pass rush? Everybody's big. Everybody's strong. And how are you going to get a pass rush if you are on, on the balls of your feet and when the ball is hiked, you stand straight up? So can you give me some, you know, what's your perspective on that? And do you see that? And if you, if you do, uh, who, do, who have you seen outside of Miami that does that? You know, I haven't paid close enough attention to the techniques of all the defensive lines in the country to answer you that question. But here's what I'll say to what to to your point, and I think it's it goes back to the overall theme of what I've been talking about with fair to evaluate. And I think everything that that defensive line does this year is open to very fair evaluation. I, I think it's been an underperforming unit. There have not been a lot of results there. And there obviously will need to be results there this year for this team to be successful. And if there's not results there, then any point that you make or anybody else makes is going to have credibility. And whether it's evaluating the intensity they play at, whether it's evaluating the technique that they're using and trying to um, execute their maneuvers, whether it's evaluating the overall scheme of the defense and what's being done with those players, you're going to be fair in your evaluations and in, in making them. And uh, I think it's all open for judgment now. Yeah, and, and I, I know that you know we can sit back and say, oh, well, they're all not impact players, but. You, you you gotta. I mean, if you sit back and you think about, it, okay, they're not impact players right now. And I'm not saying right, you know, that that everybody on the defensive line they're all world beaters or anything like that. But you do have a little bit of talent. And I personally believe if you even take the coaches from the University of Duke and put them in Miami on the defensive side of the ball, that defense would be much better. They're not gonna be hey, world beaters. Okay? I mean, you got fifteen guys there now. Fifteen guys, all who have been recruited by the active defensive coaches. So, right. fifteen of them. Now, if if you don't get a couple impact players out of those fifteen, you know something obviously is wrong. That's you know whatever what that might be, and that's, that's why I say saying. this year you need to see that. And, yeah, and I'll tell you, I've been watching Jethro Franklin a lot. He is out there coaching like it's life or death. I mean, he's out there. He, I mean, he he understands the urgency. I mean, that's pretty obvious. I mean, you know, they just can't keep playing defense the way they've been playing defense. And, and you know, you've got 15 guys at that position now on that defensive line that you handpicked to play at the University of Miami. Right, and that's what I'm saying, though. I, I – I don't think that, okay, we have somebody out there that's going to give you – well, tell you, I take that back. I believe you can have a player on the defensive line that could get you nine sacks, you know, at least two guys get you eight to nine sacks, only if you're in a different scheme, meaning a four or three, because that's, that's like, like uh, 
last week and so much when they were kind of going off on you a little bit about Tyreek McCord. I kind of understand what they were saying, but that's based on the scheme. Tyreek wait, 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 wait. Is in- They're going off on me on Tyreek McCord. In the meantime, I'm out of practice, and Tyreek McCord is in a three-man battle with Muhammad and Trent Harris to be a third-down pass rusher. Okay, no, that's no, no, his no. role. And he's right. not even guaranteed I'm- having that role this year. And, and people no, are know. yelling at me about my comments on Tyreek McCord. <laughs> I mean, you gotta, they got to keep it in perspective. No, I know what you're saying, and this is the, this is the difference. I think that's where the communication got broke down there is that you're talking about where he's at currently, and they're saying that, well, Tyreek, if he was put in a better position, meaning in a 4-3 defense with his hand down being the defense in, that's where they're thinking, okay, well, we can be a little bit better. But the, the team that the coaches are going getting a lot of tweeners and and it's just not working out for them because they they the guys that they're targeting don't really fit their scheme in my opinion. That's why we can't get a real pass rush. Plus, you know, you got Jethro, and I, I'm not trying to go off on a lot of coaches or anything like that. I just don't believe that you know we have the the best coaches that can get the best out of the players, especially up front. And yeah, you got you will find out this year if you don't see better performance on that defensive line, like I said, with 15 hand-picked guys, then any evaluation you make is going to be legitimate, and, uh, you know, there'll be a lot of it. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to leave you with this because I I want you to get some more people on. Uh, Just give me your opinion right now, Gary. What do you think? I'm not talking about a small increase in in production. Do you think that we have what it takes in terms of players and as coaches? That's a two-headed question. That's what it takes to do what? Well, wait, wait, before you hang up, what it, what it takes to do what? To be successful as a defense. I, I, would, I don't know if we finished in, you know, total defense, maybe in, the, you know, like maybe 115 or something like that. Can we get a hover around 60 or 70? Yeah, I think so. I, I think this could be just because of the number of bodies that they have, that this can be a middle-of-the-pack defense this year. The problem that I – the biggest problem I see is if, if Denzel Perriman even tweaks a toenail, uh, I mean, it's gonna, it can go downhill very quickly. I mean, he is, he is that important to this defense. And, is, and you know, they're not going to be able to get a lot done in the front seven if Denzel Perriman's not healthy. And I see that as a huge problem um, or potential problem. But beyond that, I mean, they have enough – bodies now where this should be and the secondary like I talked about is really getting good enough that they should be able to be a middle of the pack defense in the country you know maybe like a 50th ranked defense or something too too many bodies Gary too many bodies too many guys running in and out that's too many for yeah. me. You well, the, I, I, what a, when you don't have a guy that's going to make a difference you might as well have somebody fresh in there right I guess so. Coach him up. I'm going to let you get on to somebody else, man, because I want to hear somebody else. All right, man. Hey, thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. Thanks, man. Keep up the good work. All right. 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. Let's go now to the 205, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Um, this um, Big Slaughter 5. All right, Big Florida. Nice name. I like that nickname. So talk talk to us. What you got tonight? Um, yeah, um, I was a big critic of um, D'Onofrio. Um, I went, I studied some old film that we played, um, 2011, when the first year. And a lot of people forget that our defense was pretty good that year. 
We didn't have we didn't we, you really didn't hear nobody talking about the defense. Our offense just couldn't score. Um, I wanted to read a couple of facts. Um, in two thousand um, in two thousand eleven, um, the defense finished the season ninth ranked in the nation in red zone um, defense, twenty first in scoring defense, holding opponents to an average twenty point eight points per game. The Canes defense held foes to seven points below the scoring average in the, on the season, while holding Ohio State, Georgia Tech, Florida State. South Florida to a combined 22 points below um, the scoring average. The defense under Denofio's guidance finished strong, improved, stingy, giving up only 13.5 points in the last five games of the season. And and if, if you look at it, that 2011 team is kind of shaped like the like the current roster coming up. They had a lot. We got we, we have a lot of upperclassmen on defense. I know we had um, Oliver Vernon on that defense that year. We had a, um, a pretty, some pretty good secondary guys with, um, Vel, um, I think his name, Vaughn Telemac. Yeah, Telemac was on that on that squad. He had a pretty good year that year. And we had Ray Ray Armstrong and JoJo Nichols and um, I think Brandon Hass was on that on that squad too. We got a, I think we got a better secondary than that squad, and I think our linebacker core may not be as has much as much depth than the 2011 team. But I think I um I think I think we're gonna be pretty good. He got some vet guys on that defense with a lot more depth. Um, what do you think about that? I I think you're making some good points. I think they potentially can can be at that level. You know, I think they think they will be. There's a very positive vibe coming from the players and coaches on defense in the first week of camp, and they feel like the players know what they're doing now. That there's not as many mental errors out there. They feel like they're faster and stronger physically. Um, so there's a lot of optimism on that side of the football that they can do a better job this year. But it goes back to you know what I always say. You know they have to get it done in the big games that count. You know uh, yeah. they have to be able to beat competition that is quality competition, and they have not well, been able to do that um, in these last few years. And in fact, in most of these games against decent teams, they haven't even been close. And uh, that's got to change this year for them to be able to sit back in December and call anything a success. And I until that happens, yeah. I don't think anybody out here should be getting too crazy and carried away with themselves in anything that they're saying. I understand that, but this is, this is, this is the thing a lot of people forget. Um, that year, uh, we had a lot of underclassmen on our defense and on the offense to leave the program, and you know, as far as declaring for the draft. That kind of threw us in the hole. We had a lot of guys on the defensive line that could have benefited from, you know, an extra year college. You know, some of them doing pretty good in the NFL, um, you know, Oliver Vernon and guys like that. But, you know, he had, he's, you know, it took him a while to recoup because we lost a lot of depth on the defensive line. It takes time to build, you know, quality depth, and I think we finally get to that point where he's building that. You know, and I think people just need to, you know, I myself had to realize we just had to be a little bit more, we had to be a little more patient with this guy, let him get his, you know, let him get some, some depth and get the guys that fit his system because, if you, you know, like I said, we was we was pretty damn good on defense um, in 2011. You know, you didn't get they didn't give up many points. We just couldn't score. Jacoy had still was throwing a lot of picks. Then you had Whipple. You had you know Steve Stephon Morris. You know that's 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 a hundred picks almost with, with two guys. <laughs> well, you, you've got a lot of depth on the defensive line. You start, you'll start finding out on September 1st whether it's quality depth. Um, linebacker's a little thin, but you've got a lot of depth at defensive back as well. So two of the three spots on defense have a lot of depth, and you know, now you've just got to find out if it's quality depth. 
I, I think I think the defense is gonna be. I think the defense is gonna be. I think the defense is gonna be solid, not great, but not bad. I think you know. I think they can. I think they'll do enough where we can win a little. You know, win. You know, we can we can. Over you can't be great without impact players. Yeah, you, you I, I think great is not a realistic expectation. I mean, I, just, I think you got to give. You got to give. I mean, this is a time where you know guys can become impact players. You know, you um, there's been a lot of guys. Yeah, you hope enough guys become of, impact players that you could be great in in the next season. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean it's that, still a pretty young football team. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty young, but we got you know a lot of these guys have been playing for two or three years now. You yeah. know, it's kind of second nature to them now. So I mean, you know, you got you got guys like Tracy um, Howard that got thrown in the fire and wasn't ready. You got guys like Chicolo, you know, he's he been in a stalemate for almost three years. Hopefully he can turn the corner, but it's been a lot of guys that's been, you know, Deion Bush, um, Rayshon Jenkins, a lot of guys I think that, that play has played quarterly minutes, you know, in college football. I think, you know, I think that's going to help us this year. I'm, I'm really, I'm really, you know, I'm really think we're going to do pretty good on defense this year, man, honestly. And if Coley can, you know, like I said, Spread the ball to the backs at the backfield. I think we have a phenomenal season. You know, not saying we're going to go undefeated or nothing like that. I still don't think we have enough to beat Florida State. I hate to say it, but just you know, realistically. But I think we can. We have a team right now that can probably you know go you know eleven and one or something like that or ten and two. At worst, nine and three. I say nine, nine and nine and four, nine and you know something like you know. At worst, you'll know a lot more after the Louisville game. You know, if they go up there and play well and win that game, yes, they can be a nine-win football team. If they go up there and stink up the field like they did in the bowl game, they're not going to win nine games this year. Well, that's my opinion. That's why we played. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I I think it's a season-shaping football game on day one. I agree. I agree. I think I I think we come out with a chip on our shoulder. We take care of business, honestly. All right. Well, we'll see. You got anything else tonight? No, sir. Just keep All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. I will. All righty. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number. Great show so far tonight, guys. we still got another hour or so to go. Um, so let's go right back out now to the 239, where you are now live on Kane Support Live. Hey, what's going on? Doing good. Who's this? This is Carlos. All right, Carlos. Talk to us. What you got tonight? I just, I mean, just a couple of things. I personally think we're going to beat Louisville. I think there's just way too much talent on the team to just keep on going to waste. I'm with you in the sense of you got way too many people, you know, too many four-star players that we recruited playing the same positions and and fighting for for playing time. And I don't know. I just see that that it's pretty sad that the defense has so many four-star, you know, recruits, according to you guys and the other recruiting websites, and our best player was a consensus three-star in Denzel Perryman. You know, it's just, it's just, I don't know, it's just way too much talent. I mean, Rand, you know, he, you know, Randy Shannon recruited good, but Al Golden. I mean, you think about it. Look at all the talent we have, according to the recruiting website, to all you guys. You know, Tracy mm-hmm. Howard, uh, you know, the best corner in the nation. Um, we had Jermaine Grace, top ten linebacker. I mean, Kirby was a top ten linebacker. All four, you know, four-star, four-star, five-star. You know, and on offense, Duke Johnson, the number one running back in the nation, a five-star. I mean, it's just frustrating as a Kings fan, and I feel, you know, for, for every Kings fan, 
that if you go roster for roster, according to every recruiting website, we, besides Florida State, we are better. We have more talent than any team that we're going to face this year, yet we're picked like eighth, you know, as the eighth, you know, team in the ACC, and it just gets frustrating. I mean, frustrating every single year to have more talent. Watch all these teams with less talent than we do, according to the recruiting website, you know, and not crack the top 25 at all in recruiting, yet they either beat us or we're, like, in a dogfight till the end. So, I don't know. I think this year is finally going to come true. I, that's my personal opinion. I think Kai is the real deal. You know, and even if they throw heaps out there, as long as somebody manages the game with all those weapons on offense, I think we're going to be okay. I mean, I don't see a difference between Alabama every year putting a brand-new quarterback, and yet, you know, they beat everybody by 40 points. And why can't we do that, you know? Well, you'll see. You'll find out. You're right. There is a lot of talent on this team. It's not a complete team yet. But this is without question the most talented team that Al Golden has been able to put out on the field. And uh, September 1st, I keep saying it, don't want to sound like a broken record, but September 1st is going to tell a lot. I think we beat them. I think we beat them. I'm, honestly, I think we beat Louisville. They're putting in a, you know, a new quarterback. Does he have some experience? Yeah, but I, don't, I, I think we beat them. All these young kids are finally seniors. You know, uh, you know, Chickalo is a senior. He's improved. I mean, you've seen him in practice. Does he look a lot better than he did the last three years? He looks the same to me. I, I've heard all the carrying on too. I mean, he looks exactly the same to me. So I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't you know. know. I just, I, I've I mean, heard the honestly, comments like you have. You know, I, I, I watch him. He looks the same to me. So my other thing you is, know, we'll I'm, see. You know, we'll see September first. <laughs> Well, I, I, I think we beat them. The other thing is, is that when it comes to recruiting, I'm, I'm, you know, everybody's all excited about the four superstar running backs. How many do you think that that stick? Wait, say that again. How many do I think what? Out, out of the four, you know, really good four-star running backs that we have right now in recruiting, how many? Oh, recruiting, yeah. Um, well, I mean, right now, uh, I, I think you know. Cr- Cronkite would probably be the the greatest candidate to defect of of, of that group, but he said he's not going to. So, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, Dexter Williams is certainly looking um, like he's pretty solid after being down here this past weekend. Um, you know, so I, you know, and a lot of people thought that he was going to defect, and now it's not looking like he will. Uh, Jordan Scarlett, you know, I think you got to keep your fingers crossed there. Um, you know, but they might all stick because, you know, everybody knows that Duke is probably leaving this year and Gus Edwards is going to be a junior already next year. And there's an opportunity for running backs at Miami right now. I think that's the key. If Duke, you know, if Duke for some reason says I'm coming back for my senior year, I think that at least two of them defect. That's just my You never know. Long way to February. All right. Well, I'm telling you right now. Now there's not anybody that's looking like they're about to defect. Oh, I would good. say the that's the good. most likely one would be uh, Cronkite. All right. Well, I'm going out right now. I'm saying we're going to beat Louisville. I'm telling you right now. Just right. way, way too much talent. A brand new quarterback on their side, also. You know, I think. And then if we throw heaps out there, like you're saying, he's got. He he's played against big time teams. Playing in Kansas, I mean, he went up against Oklahoma. He went up against all the big boys. So he's yeah, not he's gonna not going to crap his pants. What? He's not going to exactly. walk into Louisville and crap his pants. Exactly. No. And, so and as long as we have a quarterback like that. Yeah, that's the value he brings to this football team right now. All right, thanks All right. Uh, Thanks so much for being part of the show. Give us a call again uh, next week. 
All right, let's keep going here. 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. A packed show, tons of good calls. And now let's go out to the 863, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Uh, yes, uh, <clears throat> How you doing? Doing good. How you doing tonight? Not too bad, not too bad. Um, I got a couple things. Um, number one, Jethro Franklin, didn't he, didn't he coach at USC the year that they won a championship? Yeah, um, I'd have to look back at the at the year and what and what they did when he coached the USC. But but yes, he was at USC at one point. Exactly. So he's, he's a very you know you look at his resume and and I'll pull it up here while we're talking. I mean, you know he's a very experienced, traveled football coach. You know exactly. So all this so this brings you know it goes back to all this talk about the defensive line. I do think it's the scheme. I don't necessarily think it's the athletes that we have on the team. You know, we recruiting all these four stars and highly rated three star players or whatnot, and and we're not accomplishing nothing on the defensive line. And it's true. When you look at how um, when we're attacking, we're not really, we're not attacking. The defensive line is not attacking. You know, this two gap stuff is is just it's not working. You know, so we are we've always been an attacking team, always been an attacking defense, but this defensive you know, it, line. It, Go ahead. I'm listening. Let, let me tell you why this is it, – it, for me, this is really difficult um, in this subject because the performance has not been there for the, la- for the last, you know, f- three years without question since uh, Jethro Franklin joined the Miami staff. But when you look mm-hmm. at this guy's resume, I mean, yeah, and, and I'll go through some of these. You know, he starts out at, at Fresno State. Um, then he goes to U- UCLA. Then he coaches the, the defensive line for the Green Bay Packers for four years. Um, exactly. Spends a year at USC, goes to the Tampa Bay Bucks for a year, goes to the Houston Texans, uh, goes back to USC, um, and then he joins Al Golden at Temple before coming to Miami. But, I mean, other than the fact that a lot of those jobs were one and out, which makes you wonder a little bit, you know, why they didn't last longer uh, and, and, you know, what the circumstances were behind those moves and and i certainly don't know what they were so i can't really comment on that um Mm -hmm. but that's i mean you're hiring a defensive line coach you know spent all those years in the nfl you know four years with the packers with the year with the buccaneers the texans um that's a lot of experience right there and uh then you add all the years in college to it i mean he's got a pretty darn good resume and you know so you would ask the question why aren't the, the guys at that position developing better than what they have been, and everyone wants to point the, their finger at Jethro, and, and, and that's fine. But, you know, what if the problem, even beyond that, is they're not doing a good enough job of evaluating kids coming out of high school and, and bringing, you know, even though some of them might have star rankings and stuff, you know, maybe that's where the failure is. And, I, and I'm not sure, you know, which one is right and which one is wrong, um, other than the fact that I, I do think it's fair to judge him as strenuously as anybody wants to this year. Well, true. But here's, here's, here's what i got to say about it, and, and I'm going to be done with the defensive line. But we had Anthony Chicolo, which is a high a, a, a Army All-American. You know, so we had him as a, a five-star, I believe he was. So we have him on the defensive line. And then we also got Akhudin Muhammad, who was a highly recruited um um, defensive end, and then we now we got Chad Thomas. If this, like you said, this is the year. If this defensive line does not step up, it's the scheme. I'm sorry, 
is there's no way we can have all these quality defensive linemen that we're recruiting. It's the scheme. It's got to be the scheme. We need to be, you know, we got to be attacking. We all this when 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 the ball hike, when we hike, when the offense hikes the ball with um, the defensive line. What I'm seeing is that they're holding it. They're supposed to hold the line and for the linebackers to make all the tackles. That's great. That's great. But the Miami that I know, all defensive linemen was always attacking. That's what that's that's what we do. That's you know all defensive line attacks. Our linebackers attack. Everybody's attacking. We attack. And your secondary attacks too. Exactly. We don't sit back in the zone or whatever. We played a lot of zone. It, it, you know, we play, we've been playing a lot of zone, and sometimes I'll be wondering why we don't blitz a little bit more. You know, it's just – and maybe it's because they're young, and that's been the excuse that I've been hearing from, from the coaches um, when I've been hearing them in their interviews or whatever. It's that they, you know, um, the, kid, the, team's, the team is young. They don't want to throw too much at them or whatever the case may be. But like you said, this year is the year that I think uh, we do have a legitimate reason as fans or whatnot to, 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 to judge. Um, the other question that I have is you've been to the practice a lot. Besides the Duke Johnsons and the, the Stacey Coley, um, who on the football field to you has stood out uh, uh, besides those um, players? Um, I'll uh, try to give it to you real quick here without getting long-winded. Uh, quarterback, uh, Heaps and Kaya, have stood out to me. Running back, in, in addition to Duke, uh, Gus Edwards has stood out to me quite a bit. Um, wide receiver, um, obviously Stacy Coley, Philip Dorsett, um, Malcolm Lewis, uh, Rayshon Scott, Herb Waters. That, those five are, are doing really, really well. Uh, the young kids, I really like what I've seen so far from Tyree Brady and Braxton Berrios. I think those two freshmen are going to make contributions uh, this year. Uh, tight end Clive Walford's having a real good camp. Uh, Standish Dobard had a great spring, but to me he's been a little bit quiet here in the fall. Um, so, you know, not, not sure what's up with that, but he's definitely in the first week of fall, has not been as impactful as he was in the spring, but, the, you know, that can change very quickly after the move that he made. Um, offensive line, um, you know, obviously, uh, I mean, Eric Flowers is, is going to be as good as just about anybody that's played at Miami. He really looks freakish. I mean, it just is a phenomenal left tackle now. Um, I um, Obviously, Feliciano, a veteran guy, he's doing pretty well. McDermott's doing pretty well. He's healthy again at center. The big key offensive line-wise is going to be on the right side of the line with new guys coming in. Yeah. And I've really liked what I've seen from Danny Isadora. He's a sophomore now. He's had some injury problems early in his career. Um, I think he's going to have a great season this year. He's looked really, really good to me. Um, defensive line-wise, I'm in wait-and-see mode. Um, nobody, to me, has jumped off the charts to my eye uh, to this point. Um, you know, we'll have to just, uh, you know, you know, I don't want to, I'm not going to single anybody out there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys, a lot of rotating going on. Everybody's getting a look. Um, but I'm not going to tell you that anybody at that position is just absolutely you know, stop practice. We can't handle. We can't block this guy. No, um, linebacker position. I'll say pretty much the same thing. Obviously, Denzel Perriman is the man there, um, without question, the best player on the defense. Um, but 
Um, I, I think Jermaine Grace has had a, a, a good camp as a third down linebacker. I, I've been impressed with what I've been seeing from him. Um, so I would single him out a little bit. Defensive back, I could single out a whole bunch of guys. Uh, Artie Burns, to me, off the charts. Just off the charts good. He's really becoming a quality cornerback. Um, Jamal Carter looks to me like he's going to make an impact as a safety. Um, seems to really, really be doing a good job out there. Um, as a backup, Corn Elder to me has taken a big step forward. He looks really, really good. I, I like what I've seen from the freshmen, although I don't think that they're going to have to play Marquise Gayat, Kai Hester, um, but I don't think they'll need them to play this year. Tracy Howard's having a great camp. Looks really, really good to me, better than he has at any point in his career. So the secondary guys, like I've said several times in the show, are really doing well. And of the kickers, um, I, I really like uh, the, the kid Justin Vogel that transferred from Florida. He looks really good to me, and I'm expecting him to win the punting job. Um, okay. And you know, as far as Gudis is concerned, you know, he's coming back from last year. We'll see how he does. But uh, I'm expecting Justin Vogel to win the punting job. He's looked very good to me. Okay. Well, like they always say, it comes down to the trenches, and it looks like our defensive line is going to make or break us again. It's, it's going to come down yep, to the defensive they, line. They got to start getting like... some, some in, at least close to impact level performances from some of those guys. And, you know, you look at a guy like Kamalu has got to come through for them. Michael Weish has got to come through. Um, you're hoping Chad Thomas can come through a little bit. Um, Olsen Pierre, I think, will be his normal steady self. But, you know, I'm not sure he's equipped to be an impact guy. But a couple of those guys have got to step up and become big-time football players. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, thank you very much, man. I appreciate the time. Hey, yeah, thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again uh, next Tuesday night. 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go out now to the 786, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Are you with us? Going once, going twice. All right. Uh, let's try the... Um, Five zero one. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Who's this? Can you hear me? I this can hear you. Alex. Who's this? Can you hear me? This is yeah, we got you guys. North Little Rock, Arkansas, man. I am a right. Hurricane fan. How's, how's Randy Shannon doing over there? Of that country, man. Listen, how's Randy I'm not doing? Even paying attention. I'm not paying really much attention to the Razorbacks. I'm focused on the Canes. All right, <laughs> then talk to us. Listen, man, I wanted to, uh, as I said, I've been a, a, a Kane fan for a long time, man, and I, I I listen to what you say, and I want to let you know I appreciate the insight that you give us, man, because especially I can't get right there and come out to the Kane's games and the practices, but I appreciate the insight that you give us. And, um, you know, I, I read a lot on your uh, Internet, your site and everything, and keep up with what's going on, but, you know, I think I agree with you when we say uh, that we need to try to reinsert Kaya if possible because in the long run it's going to be better for him and also for us. I think if you look at one clear example is Jameis Winston. I mean, he comes in, and I don't even like Florida State, but I respect him. But, I mean, he comes in after a redshirt year of being able to sit behind a senior and get a chance to watch how things go and what needs to be done, how to lead a team, and then you're able to come in the following year and they can just hand you the reins. I think it'd probably be a little bit much to try to throw the 
Cody Reigns tore him. I hope Heaps can continue to compete and win the job all right, but I agree that if it's even, you still got to go with the senior. Uh, I agree with what you said also on the defensive line depth. Now, of course, you know, as being a Kings fan, we get a chance to see all of the success that Florida State and sometimes Florida has had. But if you're really a Kings fan and you really stop and think about it, it's really our fault. Because while we were going through our down period, they were picking in and coming in and swooping up all the talent. Yeah, well, what happened was Jimbo Fisher took over that program and he used the leverage that he had because of the struggles in the last few years of Bowden. He used all that leverage he had to improve that program, and um, they improved their strength and conditioning uh, facilities and program. They brought in uh, several extra coaches in those areas. Uh, They built themselves an indoor practice facility. They did a lot of things to the infrastructure of the program at Florida State that have allowed them to make this return back to the top. And, um, you know, you're right. It coincided with Miami sliding down. And Florida sliding, too. Exactly. Now, I did want to say, um, I think what we have, you know, just kind of judging, if you, like I said, if you're a really Canes fan, and I know a lot of the listeners out there, the type of coaches that we have, if you really just stop, if you were to say, okay, pick the type of Canes coach, you know, I I don't think, you know, Al Golden would have probably been the first choice of what everybody would have wanted. He just doesn't really fit our style. I like what he's doing. I'm hoping, like the dog, that this works out because, I mean, he's got a lot of pressure on him. And I think, as you said, a lot of people are in the mode this year that you're going to have to start putting up. You're not going to be able to blame everything on the NCAA cloud and all of that type stuff. It's time to start putting up. But I think that they feel the pressure as well because you got to remember coaches, they, they know what's going on too. They're not blind, so they know that there's a lot of pressure, and he gets a lot of pressure from the community down there. But I'm I'm hoping this is going to be the year that we start to see some progress. I kind of got a chance to watch that Louisville game, and I kind of watched it. Our defense didn't really do bad. It seems like in a lot of games last year, our defense just got worn down. I mean, it looked like sometimes when the other team would score, we would come right back out on offense. Stephen Morris would try to get it all on one play and then throw an interception. You, however, saw him sit down. Nothing against him, but I just wanted to ask you, do you see anything different in the quarterback play? I know it's still early. They hadn't played in a real game. But I noticed, you know, in just watching your, your information that you put out there, these guys aren't afraid to check down. They're not Correct. afraid to take what the defense gives them. And I just know it seemed like every game Stephen Morris would come in and try to get it all back in one play and then turn the ball over right back again, put your defense right back out there, and your defense already doesn't have very much depth as it is. It's not like we were shuffling in five stars on the second and third string. So, you know, now I do feel like 
I agree with you. Our linebacker position took a hit. I was really excited about Figs, and I, I really hate that situation. That, that was such a massive, man. massive loss. You, you guys have no idea. You know, you didn't get a chance to see him play an enormous amount of football last year because he was he was hurt here and there. But that kid had you. You know, you hear me talk about impact play a lot on this show and on the board, message boards on Canesport.com and stuff. And um, that kid was going to be an impact player without question. And for him to go do that and do that to himself and destroy what was looking like it was going to be a really good football career and to do that to his teammates who were counting on him so much and you know that's before you even get to what he did to that poor little girl I mean or allegedly did let's say allegedly because you know it hasn't gone through the court system yet I mean that is such a shame for all the constituents because that guy was going to be an impact player Certainly, and I, I, I hate that for everybody involved, and I, I know that probably set our linebacker position back this year because he was expected to start, and not only start, but, you know, as reported in the spring, he was one of the leaders that was getting everybody fired up and excited He's about He's a dominant playing. football player. He was, he was a dominant. I mean, I put him right there next to Denzel, you know, 1A and 1B. I mean, he was a dominant football player. Away. I, I know um, what I wanted, wanted to ask you when we were talking just a second ago. Is that the perception that you got when you would go to the games and things like that? Because you got a chance to see, you know, firsthand results. It just looked like Stephen Morris was just out there, man, just going for it all on every play. He just never seemed he just like didn't he have it, man. He had a horrible senior year, just horrible, and way worse than anybody even understood as it was going on or knew. I mean, he was bad, okay? And there were times when they thought about benching him last year, and, and Al Golden you know, just couldn't bring himself to take away Stephen Morris's senior season. Um, but he was bad, and he really hurt them at times last year with the decisions that he made, particularly on third down. I think I think if anybody has played football or you've been around football, and I, I had the privilege to coach Michael Dyer at Louisville and Darren McFadden that went to Arkansas. By the way, I tried to get both of them to go to Miami. But I just want to, you know, sometimes your defense, when you have guys that come out there and your quarterback just turns the ball over and doesn't seem like he's trying to help you at all, that can be deflating and get you frustrated because already you're shorthanded because you don't have a lot of depth in the first place. Yeah, way too much comfort playing too much average football, no doubt about it. And I like Steven. Steven is a great kid. Uh, he, he can come to my house and have dinner anytime he wants. You know, really, really good kid, solid kid. But he was way too comfortable last year playing way too poorly. Now, from what you've seen from Heaps, is he the type of quarterback? And like I said, I know it's early he hadn't played a game, but he does have those starts under his belt. And like the caller said a few callers before, he's not going to be nervous about Louisville standing up there jumping all around in front of the line and all of that stuff and yelling no. and hooting and hollering. He ain't going to care about that. He's just going to check down, change the play, and hit him across the middle. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I mean, the the, the one problem I see with Keith is his size. He's just not very physically big. Right, right. That was my thing. I was just wondering about that because he just seems like the type, the quarterbacks that they are working with now look like they, they don't mind checking it down and taking the safe play. 
you know, I think, but I agree with you. And uh, like I said, I'm Gary, I'm going to get ready and get off of here because I know you got more callers. This is my first time calling in. I'm going to call back again. But I just think if we can make some hayway this year, continue to recruit really hard, and I feel, you know, the kids who don't come to Miami, you wouldn't have Miami hurricane anyway because if they offer you a scholarship, number one, you're not going to find a better institution to get an education. Number three, you ain't going to find a better place that if you go and be successful there, the community is going to embrace you and the school is going to embrace you. They've proven that. So, you know, I think if they can continue to recruit and get the kids that want to be there. You know, I remember that 30 for 30, they were talking about, is she a Miami guy? You know, but at the same time, our coaches have got to start producing, you know, but I, I think they will. All right. Hey, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Glad you made that move the first time. Great call. Give us a call again next week. See you soon, buddy. All righty. Thank you. All right, 646-595-2048. To Canes Nation, lighten up the phones tonight. Man, this is one of our best Cane Sport Live shows we've ever had. Kudos to everybody calling in. Phenomenal phone calls, phenomenal points. And now let's go back out to the 305, where you're now live on Cane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Are you with us? Going once. Going twice. All right, you're going to have to call back. Uh, another call from the 305. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, Gary. Can you hear me? I can hear you. You're on. Okay. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, just just one more point I wanted to make. Um, I was watching a video, uh, one of your videos that you posted, of uh, defensive linemen doing drills one-on-one with the uh, offensive linemen. And I saw White, uh, Michael Weich, I think it was one of his first days, uh, fall camp working and when he went one-on-one I think it was probably Shane McDermott he on his first few tries just completely bull rushed him and drove him probably about 10 15 yards back I mean he just went right through him and immediately I realized this guy that's exactly what we need you know especially on you know goal line plays third and short fourth and short you put that guy in the middle and you definitely have to double or triple team him but immediately as soon as he did that you see, I, you see in the video Jethro yelling at him, bringing him back and having him do it differently. And on the next time around, he pushes the guy up and he stands there and just holds him. And that just kind of supports the, the idea of why everybody's been calling in today discussing this whole scheme of the, of the D-lineman. And I'm wondering, if, if, what do you think about that? Have you noticed that? And if so, uh, you know, what, what's your opinion about that? And, you know, I'm not a defensive line technician, you know, and and I don't think a lot of people that weigh in with opinions on on some of these things are defensive line technicians either. And, um, you know, obviously they have a way that they want their guys to play within the scheme that they're trying to win with. And, uh, you know, it goes back to the whole judgment thing and is it fair to judge and yeah now it's fair to judge you know these guys I, as I mentioned 15 guys all hand-picked by the current coaching staff to be defensive linemen at the University of Miami and if they don't perform this year at a higher level and a much higher level then I think it's going to be open and very fairly so open season on the critiques whether it's their technique the scheme anything else and uh but, you know, can I sit here and tell you that what Jethro Franklin is teaching them is wrong? Uh, no, I can't do that. Not me. Okay, and then the next thing is, do you, watching the practices, do you think that uh, Jake Heaps 
could play better than uh, Stephen Morris did last year? Yeah, I do. I, I do because, you know, he seems to have the intangibles. When he makes a mistake in practice, he corrects it very quickly, and then he doesn't make the same mistake or at least doesn't appear to make it again. And um, I, like what the, I like the swag that this kid has. I like the, the intangibles that he brings, and, and he's a smart kid. And, and, yeah, I think he does have a chance to make much better decisions than what Stephen Morris made. The question to me is going to be, can he do it physically? And he's got a great arm. He can get the ball down the field. Um, but like I've said several times on the show, he's not real tall, um, not physically real big. And my question mark with him is, can he, can he get it done physically? Mentally, I have no doubt that Jay Keeps can do a great job. All right. And how did the practices look in terms of uh, the fluidity of the offense compared to you watching it last year, this, you know, this time last year? In terms of making making those great passes, uh, you know them flying around, uh, making the you know uh, converting plays and the running game and all of that. Like, how do you compare this year to last year as a team? It's it's um probably pretty similar, but you know the, the thing that sticks out to me is that the defense is making more plays this year. You know the offense with all those great athletes, they're going to have their moments, they're going to hit some plays here there, but the defense is making it a lot tougher for them, and the defense is ma- is is making a lot more plays because the secondary is so much better. Okay, so I guess we're going to find out, man. It looks it looks good this year, honestly. I mean, from everything I'm seeing and hearing, it looks like we're definitely going to be a much better team. And we'll see September better? 1st. You're going to know yeah. so much that night. Labor Day night, man. Circle it on your calendar. You're going to know so much. Because Bobby Petrino, even with an inexperienced quarterback, is one of the better offensive minds in the game. Um, they've got a lot better defensive players on that team than, than people think, from what I've been told. And uh, it's, a, it's a real test. It's a road game, night game on national TV. You are going to know so much that night. Yeah, man. Well, I, I can't wait, man. I hope this defense really comes through because I think that's the only question mark. I mean, the offense can get it done for sure with a good quarterback. So it's just a matter of – Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a, a hell of a weekend, man. Aside from the fact that I just got a tea time at Valhalla, which I'm really – I don't know. Oh, you guys out there that play golf and watch the PGA this past weekend? Man, that looks like some golf course. I'm looking forward to playing that one on Sunday before the game. But anyway, um, nice. thanks a lot for being part of the show. Give us a call right, again next week. Thank you so much. Can you keep me on the line so I can listen, huh? Uh, yeah, we could do that for you. All right, you're on hold. All right, um, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Let's go now to the 571, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah. You with us? Yes, sir. Go ahead. What's going on? Hey, uh, Gary, man, I was just um, – had a few questions, man. I was just trying to figure out. Um, how is Joseph Yerby looking this year? He looks good. You know, he got a little nicked in practice the other day, but um, you you could see he's not a hundred percent. But he's got some real nice burst, and and I think they'll find some packages for him um, in each game this year and, and get him involved in the offense. He's just he's so explosive. You know, you give him you give him a crease right. and he can go the distance any time. So Yerby is a weapon that without question that they are going to need to use and will use. Um, but I, I think that his, the way he's yeah, having to work no, back no, oh. from that injury, I, I think is going to ha- make them use him selectively. Right, because you was howling about his size like the last week, but 
everybody remembers Duke Johnson. Came he's tough, man. I'll tell you, he's small, but he's tough. Right. I don't he's know that I that I I don't know that I would use him on third and one running up the middle any no, more than no. I would use Duke that way. I think you're setting them up right. to get hurt, but if you do that, but um, but he he's a tough kid. Right. Right. Okay. And then also on defense, um, the defense alignment, you said they're not proven, but they got to get some time to be improved, right? Be proven. Yeah, well, they, they, they've got time. <laughs> they're all going to get time, every one of them. Right, right. This if any of them is going to step up, they're going to have their chance. Exactly, right now, right now. Yeah, so, I mean, they're all going to get a chance. They're all going to get an opportunity. Exactly. So, and then another thing, man. Um, I, this this gonna be my last one. I'm I'm gonna end it off of here. So, if um we do well in Louisville, we do well this year. I mean, are you gonna eat those words? Eat what words? I didn't say that they're gonna do well or not do well. You you you, you really sound negative right now. I'm not negative at all. I'm not neither negative or positive. I'm just giving you analysis based on my observations. I'm not making any crazy predictions. I mean, I'll be, I'll be asked, I'll be asked before the season starts how many wins I think the team will have. Like, and like I always do, I will write a column a few days before the opener, and I, and I will give my perspective on that. But it's not my place to, to be positive or negative. I'm giving you guys honest. Um, analysis and observations based on what I see. And, you know, if you're talking about being too negative about the defensive line, I'm telling you I don't see an impact player there yet. You know, I'm just being honest with you. Uh, you, There's a couple guys you're hoping will. You're hoping Michael Weiss might. You're hoping Kamalu might. But today, as you're sitting here on August the 12th, no, I can't call any of those guys impact players. That's not being negative. That's being honest. Can you can you blame that on the offensive line? Is the offensive line a lot better? No. I, I, I think that, no? you know, you, no, I don't blame. I mean, the, the offensive line at Miami is good, but, I mean, did you see what Louisville's defensive line did to them in the bowl game? In the bowl game, though. That was almost a year ago, half a year ago. So It's the last time this team put on uniforms and played a game. Right, right, but it's been a long time ago. All right, but the point is that I'm not being I'm neither being negative or positive. I'm giving you an honest it, it, opinion it just, based right. on what I'm saying. I mean, and right, and, and you're a Kane fan, so I know you you, you want to kind of you know throw them, not throw them under the bus, but you know keep them at a level head to hope for the best for the future. But at the same time, come on now. I mean, we got we got some big guys up front. We got some guys that's putting up plenty of weight in the weight room. I mean, yep. you gotta, it, sh- it should be a lot better this year. You should. You it should be a lot better. Correct. Got, I, uh, I'll i agree some, with that. It should be. You've got, we, we got 15 bodies up there now that have been handpicked to be the solution. And when every single right. one of them was recruited, they were recruited because they were believed to be good enough to be part of the solution. And you're absolutely right. And it's not unfair to be putting that type of pressure on, on, on those coaches right now that are responsible for that. You know, there has to be better performance at that spot. No question about it. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. 
Appreciate it, man. But, yeah, I'm not being negative or positive. I'm just being honest. I mean, no, nobody is jumping off the practice field to me as an impact guy right now. Now, you still got three weeks to opening night, so we'll see. I mean, yeah. I see Michael Weiss getting in better shape every day. You know, it's already been noted on the show that how strong he is. He's a 340-pound yeah. kid, four, I mean, built like an ox. You know, and if, I'm, and I'm, you will and I'm looking forward to seeing Earl Moore, too. Earl Moore, what, how he looking? He had the black jersey for a while, man. He look, he's, looking, he's looking okay. I mean, it's, 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 it, it doesn't look he, any different to me than he looked last year. You know, he's one of the guys okay. that will play. You know, he, okay. he'll, he'll get his reps. But until so he, he goes out like and starts a, making some plays and, and beating people and getting in the backfield and disrupting things, you know, yeah, what are you going to say about any of these guys? I mean, it's not that's, being that's negative. Long, it's being honest. A, that's long away from now, though. I mean, we can't judge it off of games because anybody tell you something. played no games yet. Let me tell you something. They should have to earn their praise from you, me, or anybody else. Yeah, You have to earn True. praise in football. You know? True. You don't just – you don't just get it because you do 30 reps in the weight room. It's got to translate. You've got to go out there on Saturday afternoon and make plays. Yeah, you know, you can't go out there and let a – you can't let Duke run the ball all over you and then expect somebody to be talking about how great of a defensive line you are or how great of an individual that's, defensive that's, lineman. That's what you've been, that's what you've been saying? That's all I want to hear. No, no, I'm not talking about Duke Johnson. I'm talking about Duke. You know, the, the way oh, Duke, did, did, okay. you, do you remember how Duke ran the ball right down their throats last year? Right, I right. Mean, but those, you, can't, you can't play at that level. You can't allow what happened in that bowl game and then expect people like you and, or, or me to be sitting here in August talking about a great defensive no line. You've got to put it on Saturday. No sympathy. No sympathy. But don't Correct. we have like four or five guys that, that haven't played against Duke? So we got to see, right? Some new guys, correct. Correct. Right. And we'll see how they do. And maybe as exactly. the year goes on, we'll be able to start saying, uh, you know, Yufamba Kamalu, man, he's playing great. Michael Weiss, exactly. wow. He's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, Calvin Hurtaloo, man, is he holding down the fort up the middle. You know, right. maybe you'll be able right. to say that about, all, about some of these guys. But they got to do it first, yeah. right? No all right, doubt. man. Hey, no being part of the show, give us a all call right. again. Appreciate All right, we've got about 15 minutes or so of show left, and we're going to try to uh, get as many people on as we can. Let's go now to the 240, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's up? This is uh, D-Black21. I called you last Hey, week. what's up, D-Black? What you got tonight? Uh, a few things. Um, on, on the last caller, when he said you were sounding negative, you know, and I could, I, could, I could understand where he's coming from. I mean, you're just giving your observation. You know, it's not negative nor positive, but you're just giving your opinion of what you see. And that's cool. You know what I'm saying? And that's cool. But, um, like, when you were talking about Figueroa and you said he was going to be an impact player, I think we need he to was. table that. I think, but I think we need to table that a little bit only because he was injured so much last year. And we all know shoulder injuries can happen. That's like one of those injuries that it really never really heals. Some people could play a long career with it. Some people, it could bother them. I know he was a beast. I'm not taking that away from him. But I was just saying we had to have that wait-and-see approach to see how that shoulder was going to hold up on him. And I, I got a question, seriously. I, I can't win. You know, it, it's like I'm sitting here, and I'm telling everybody honest opinions about the defensive line. 
and yeah. and the previous caller says I'm being too negative because I'm not sitting there saying anybody's going to be great and be an impact player. Now, now you're telling me that I'm, you know, I'm, I did the opposite with Figueroa, and I said Figueroa was going to be great because that's what I saw. I saw a guy that was a great football player, and now you're telling me that I'm being too positive. So how the heck am I supposed to win with you guys? No, no, no. I didn't say you listen. Listen, what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying, Gary. I'm not saying you're being. I didn't say you was being too positive. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying was, look, being I've been playing football since I was nine years old, right? And even in college, I even coach. You always have them players where it's like, okay, we gonna temper it a little bit. He looks good. He looks good. Da 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 da. But let's temper it. I know Figueroa was a beast last year, but he had a shoulder injury. He was coming off a shoulder injury. I understand he was going to be one of the better linebackers on the team. And I'm not saying you was wrong for saying that. You were dead on. If there's anything you was, you hit the, the, the nail on the head, it was that. Because he looked the part. I mean, when I say looked the part, that dude, when he, looked, when he stepped off the bus, you're like, yo, he's a linebacker. His body, his attitude, his demeanor, his, his temperament, how, he, how physical he was, that was him. Him and Denzel. All I was saying was, we had to see how his shoulder was going to hold up. That was it. I'm not saying you're being too positive. You was dead on with that. I mean, you was co- completely correct. And I, you, you're, you're correct with the D-line. Like you said, there's a, and something that you said to the caller, like, it made so much sense. It's like, honestly, one of the better things you said since I've been listening to the show since you've been doing it. When you said, those players with a defensive line have to start earning all respect. They just can't get all respect because you could do 225, 30 times, or you can run a 4, 6, 40, and get 250 pounds. That's all great. But what do you – you have to earn it on the field. And you was, so, and you was right about that. You was right. You ain't going to get no argument with me on that, Gary. You do dead right. You got to prove it come September 1st against Louisville and therefore out. Because what you said, can't let Duke run up and down the field like run – up, run up and down the field or gashing you like water. You can't. And you're right about that. You, you, you're you right about that. You know what I'm saying? You, you're so right. But, um, and no, you, you're just giving, you're giving the honest, fair assessment of the team and what you see so far in fall practice. That's all we, that's all we can ask for. To me, you're not being negative. To me, you just, you're being a reporter. You're being a journalist. That's your job, to report the news. So I'm trying up. to be your eyes. I'm, exactly. I'm trying to tell you what you know the real deal, you know, and and exactly. and, I, and I, I I think I am, you know, I'm trying to. Exactly, you're like you're you're the coaches up in the box to relay things down to the coach on the sideline because you can see things from that from up there that we can't see on the field. That's exactly what you that's that's what you offer us, and I appreciate it. Trust me, a person who's been around this game for a long time who's coasted at a lot of levels and still coasting it now because my sons, my sons are uh, playing football, and they're Don Hard U fans. They're 6-8, and, and they can name you any Kane player, past or present, by number. And even in the pros, when they see, like, let's say, Travis Benjamin that plays for the Cleveland Browns, they would say, Dad, ain't that number three Benjamin that used to play for the U? Yes, it is, huh? So... <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Hey, man, hey, you got anything else you want us to uh, address yeah. tonight? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Remember last week I wanted you to give me an assessment how uh, 
How Mr. Gray is doing. On who? Tyrone Gray. Oh, Tyrone Gray? Yeah, yeah. You know, the... Uh, he he is so behind, uh, you know, the other kids because he wasn't here until um, a- after camp started. And uh, I don't know, man. He, he, he's he got to get in shape. He's got to learn the playbook. I, I think we're several weeks away from really, you know, having any feel whatsoever whether he can make a contribution this year. If the numbers weren't a little light, I would say he's a guaranteed red shirt, but they might need him to be like the fourth guy this year. We'll see, um, especially with Walter Tucker, you know, spending a lot of time at linebacker. Um, but right now, he is not in the picture for anything significant at Louisville. Okay, one more, and I'll let right? you go. So I know you probably got All right, man. Hey, yeah, give us a call next week. I'm going to try to get a few more people on here tonight. Um, I'm not going to give out the number because we got such a full board, but let's go out now to the uh, – Let's try the 305, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you, Gary? It's Schmeier 55. Hey, what's up, Schmeier? How are you doing, man? Got me in right before 10 o'clock, huh? Um, yeah. Gary, we got a packed board. I could see that. Gary, what, what, what do you attribute the problem was last year during the bowl game, and why do you think it will be any different other than maybe Louisville – maybe not being as strong as they were last year. What would make you think, am I wasting, uh, uh, you know, uh, hard-earned dollars going up to Louisville in a few weeks? <laughs> like no, I absolutely not. Um, you're not wasting hard-earned dollars because it's, it's, it's one of the, you know, signature games of the season for starters. It's opening night, Labor Day, and it should be a phenomenal football game. I, you know, the bowl game, I, I think what happened was that Miami was a little weakened on offense with, with – several playmakers out that they rely on quite a bit. Uh, we already spoke about the type of year Stephen Morris had. I thought he was horrible in the bowl game. Um, so that was a big deal. Um, Louisville used the three, four weeks before that game to, to really uh, develop some schemes in their pass rush that the offensive line wasn't ready for and that they did a horrible job adjusting to, really never adjusted and did a horrible job protecting the quarterback. Um, so you, you take all, all those things in, into the equation and, and then a, a Louisville team with all those South Florida kids with chips on their shoulder that were playing that game like it was the Super Bowl, and I don't think Miami came even close to matching their passion for the game. So you put all those things together, and you have a blowout loss. And I watched the replay they had on ESPNU the other night, and I was at the game live, obviously, and I had never watched the replay of it. And um, here, you know, you're watching that eight months later, and I, I mean, I was like just astonished. It, it was worse on TV watching a replay than than what I remembered watching live. I mean, it was just a brutal performance, and and Louisville obviously won the game in a runaway, shut it basically shut it down early in the third quarter. They could have named their score in that game. So um, Miami's going to have to be a lot better, obviously, on Labor Day night, uh, Robert, but. You know, do I think you're wasting your hard-earned money going up to that game? No, because, you know, you're a Miami fan, and it's a new year, and, and, and this is a massive, massive football game. I mean, it's to me, it's, it's the whole season. It's really like, you know, you lose that game, and I just don't know what you're going to be playing for at the end of November because, you know, I don't know that this team's good enough to just march through the season without losing. And, you know, you go 0-1 in the ACC on day one, that's going to be tough. Well, if history repeats itself, 
the last 10 years, Miami seems to start off better than they finish. So uh, let's, uh, I guess, maybe hope it, the trends lead that way. Um, I mean, well, I just a lot of depth, Robert. You know, you lose Duke Johnson last year uh, in the eighth game, and, uh, you know, they got by with Dallas Crawford, but just not a ton of depth uh, to overcome things like that last year. They, they got a little bit better depth this year. Um, I mean, the only thing, you know, that I could say that really is a little disheartening and I've noticed over the last five years is just basically the lack of intensity, and you kind of just named it yourself, a Louisville team comes out with a chip on their shoulder. And I guess being around the program for so long, you would know that Miami was known for coming out with a chip on their shoulder. And it doesn't seem like things are changing anyway because from what I've heard, practices look the same way that they've looked the last three or four years, very workmanlike, and let's, you know, get it done, but not anywhere near the intensity you want to hear, you know, no real, like, fights, no little edge, and it just seems like a very kind of blah team that we're used to seeing. I mean, and from what you've said, it doesn't seem like it's changed, and you just tell it how it is, so... It's a little, it's a little too South Beach. There's no question about it. It is a little too South Beach. You know, they can use a little bit, a little bit more fire out there. Right. Well, they, most of the kids are not from South Beach. I wish they acted a little, you know, a little, you know, a little edgy like they were used to be known for. So, wouldn't it be out of character? Um, I guess just one more, not a scheme question, but do you see any of the younger guys, or who do you see making uh, contributions on the? Uh, Special teams, returning kicks, returning punts, anything new there? You know, obviously Duke has moved on to bigger and better. Foley, hopefully the same. Anything, uh, anyone you see making an impact there that, you know, coming about? Well, I mean, you know, the thing that I can tell you is that they have a lot of options there, obviously, now. I mean, you know, you've got a lot of skilled athletes that, that you could put in those positions. I, I just wonder – you know, as good as he is at kickoff returns, even though you're relying on him so much, how do you, you know, say Duke Johnson's not going to be a kickoff returner anymore? You know, I, I you know, I don't know. You know, I mean, you know, oh, Stacy wow. Coley as as dynamic as he is, you know, how do you say I'm not going to use him in the return game anymore? Yeah, those are tough decisions they're going to have to make here in the next few weeks. Um, you know, but they do have a lot of options. Uh, I. Hopefully they don't go as deep. You know, I, I don't think that Artie Burns needs to be a kick returner. No. Um, you know, I think they have enough other guys. But, I, I, you know, I think a guy like Corn Elder uh, could definitely get in the mix there a little bit possibly. Um, but they have a lot of options, and they're going to have to decide how much they want to use some of their front-line players on special teams. I don't think this team is good enough yet to where you don't use guys like Duke Johnson and Stacey Coley in the, in the returning game. Mm-hmm. Maybe Barrios, possibly. Possibly. He's kind of small, you know. I mean, I yeah. don't know that you that you want him returning kickoffs, you know. Well, so is Kevin Williams. But, Would you agree with this statement? And I'll let you go. Would you agree the best hire and probably the biggest loss Al Golden Al Golden's had during his regime at Miami is uh, uh, the offensive coordinator from Jacksonville, uh, Jed, Jed Fish. Fish. Do I think he I was think a big loss? No, big. I, I don't. You don't? No, I really don't. And I'm going to tell you why. Jed Fish was not invested enough in what he was doing here. He did a terrible job recruiting quarterbacks, was not working hard enough at it, 
and was not getting good enough players. I think James Coley's been a big upgrade there. Um, and, you know, I, I think in terms of running the offense, they're comparable. Um, you know, Jed's maybe a little bit more experienced at this point of his career. Um, and, yes, there are some things that, that Coley could have done better, but it's not like the team was experiencing unbelievable off-the-charts success with Jed Fish as offensive coordinator. I mean, what, they they won, uh, you know, five games and seven games, right? I mean, you know, so, you know, no. I, I don't think that that was a, a, a big deal at all when you take everything into consideration. I mean, I like Jed. He's a nice guy. That statement just basically came from basically the rise and fall of Stephen Morris and basically look like a developed quarterback to basically we are what we thought you were, basically. You know, that, that's from one Well, yeah, but you know, then you watch practice and you see these quarterbacks now doing pretty darn well. So I don't know. I, don't, I think Stephen Morris just had a really right. bad year. I don't blame it on James Coley. Right. I, and also, by the, just to, to last, I definitely think you have to go with heaps, even if it's close. Because you don't want to stick a true freshman out there in, on a night game at 8 o'clock in Louisville. No. It's not fair. That would not, that would not be a great idea. No. <laughs> so, all right, we agree on that one. All right, Gary, I'll speak to you All right, you Robert, hey, thanks as always for calling. Uh, let, let's, do it, uh, let's do it again next week. Why isn't Keeneland open when we're out there, Gary? Come on. Well, I mean, what can have better <laughs> timing on the schedule? I'll speak to you soon. <laughs> all right, man. Good talking to you. All right, it's, um, we're winding down here. I'm going to try to fit one or two more calls in. Um, if I, we bring you on the line, just uh, try to make it direct and to the point. Let's go now to the 973. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, what's going on? Who's this? It's Ross, New Jersey. Jersey. All right, Ross, what you got for us? Uh, yeah, we, um, we, we had a really um, heated discussion last week. Um, last week, not that, not upset with each other, just going through, you know, some really important facts. Uh, let me ask you a question, Gary. Um, uh, the calls are calling in. They're saying that you sound like you are um, being negative, and and, and 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 a lot of this is about the defensive line. Let me ask you a question, real quick. Did you think the coaches, the team overall, did a good job? I'm trying to hear something in your voice. You really don't want to come out with it. Do you think they did a good job of getting guys that they should have gotten? That's just a question on the recruiting end. Do you think they missed on guys? Do you think they should have recruited these the guys? Some of the guys that they brought in is just not good enough. Is that is that what you're trying to I like think saying? that par- particularly at defensive line and linebacker, they have struggled with recruiting. And and I and I think that you know, I don't think they, that, that you could say that across the board. I think the defensive back position right now is, is looking like like a defensive back position at Miami would be expected to look. Um, you know, I think the quarterback position is looking better. The running back position is looking better. I think the wide receiver position is where it should be at Miami. Um, but I think that they have struggled big time in getting impact guys on the defensive line and at linebacker. And, and that's what and I see, and, and, and that's what I'm talking about. I know. I kind of heard it. I said, I'm, I'll listen to you. I, I, if I miss a show, I go back and I listen to every word, every caller. Fear. Now, I'm not a big fan of the defensive line coach. Well, you, would you put this totally on Golden, the defensive line coach, and the recruit? Or you think, listen, now, we missed on a few kids. There was a lot of negative recruiting going on. When we had the clouds, they was able to take guys, and guys went to Florida on us. We had, we had a guy that's supposed to be a lock, Miami, and he's at Florida State. So we had, and now we also have a guy that's supposed to be somewhat of a lock, Miami, and he's at LSU. So 
it's not like I, I'm, I'm, I can't even believe I'm doing this, but it's not like the coaches didn't try. It's not like they did not try. I think they missed on we're finally past these um, negative recruiting, and we're going to go ahead and play with who we have. Now, if I could remember last year, I don't want to overquote you, but I think you said we was only going to win eight games. It was, it was a show that right after the season, right after the season, everybody was annoyed. I think you was a little annoyed, and you kind of predicted, hey, guys, I'm going to make a statement right now, you said. We might, no, I predicted nine. I predicted. I'm pretty sure I predicted nine last year. Was it nine? Okay, well, if it was nine, I knew yeah. it was something with stalemate. It was kind of like right back to where they were before. Yeah, and, and, you're and, like, I'm, oh, and I'm probably going to come in about at the same place this year. Okay, but what we probably should focus on is if we do go nine and, 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 and I say record, if we could just win, win the right games. Everybody want to – I hate Florida State. Everybody want to beat Florida State. You know what? I would like to beat them in the second game. I want to be Virginia Tech. I want to be Duke. I want to be Georgia Tech. I want to be North Carolina and Virginia. Those are the teams we should concentrate on beating. Not that we're not trying to win all the games, but if we if we do slip up, let's try to be undefeated or do the best we can. One last one, though. How do you think that – okay, they're going to go ahead and start Heath in the first game as the quarterback. But do you think they're going to give – Brad Key a chance towards the middle of that game and definitely in the following two games just to see if they I, I, I think it'll depend. It, it's going to depend on several things. One, how Heaps is playing. Two, how Kaya continues to develop the next few weeks. And three, what what's going to happen with Ryan Williams and, and what's his prognosis going to be. And hey, Gary, those are going to be the really, factors that will determine how much Kaya plays and what they do with I'm him. I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan. I, I've always, I'm not a big fan of bringing this guy back nowhere close in the first four weeks. So I, I'm going to be honest with you. We talked about this last week. Hey, come on, guys. Ryan Williams, I'm not, I'm not coming on here to be negative. I called for something else. But come on, guys. We're talking about Ryan Williams here. Come on, man. Come on, guys. Let's yeah, I, I think he should redshirt and come back in the spring and compete with the young kids. That's what I think he should He should grab a baseball hat. He should bring a baseball cap, a clipboard, and coach those guys up. And, yep. um, and get, not, himself, get himself healthy and okay, take his shot in spring practice. Anyway, I think was full, but I also think Golden is trying to be smart because what he's doing, he's also having Louisville um, working at, at practice and being prepared for you don't know who. So that might be part of it. I nah. think the coaches and the guys. No, nah. well, I don't agree with well, that. That's not, not the what case, they're doing. It doesn't matter. None of these quarterbacks have a resume. It doesn't matter. If they're not playing any games with Louisville. Can I put you on the spot, Gary? Can I put you on the spot a little bit? Do you think we yeah, go ahead. Last, 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 last point for tonight. Go ahead. Do you think? Come on, Gary. I, you don't got to give me a definite yes, but do you think we're going to win the Louisville game, Gary? Give me a, wait, wait, I want to hear mm, or may, What do you think? You said it's going to be a phenomenal game. If you think it's going to be a phenomenal game, how do you say that when you, you, you're letting us know we have so many holes? How is it going to be a phenomenal game if you're thinking that we're going to struggle on the defensive line and we're going to struggle here and we're going to struggle there? How is it going to be a phenomenal game then? Well, I, I think the way Louisville plays offense, that the quality that I'm seeing in the defensive backfield has a chance to have a major impact on that football game. And um, I, I think the, the, the way that these guys are playing right now in practice that they can compensate for maybe some of the shortfalls up front. And, um, and I think it'll be a game in the fourth quarter. And whoever makes okay. the big plays in the fourth quarter is going to win the game. 
Do you okay? One last thing, real quick. Do you think the fact that we're not rah 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 in practice and being upbeat, we're playing music, but you said it's lethargic. Do you think that has to do with Golden not want to kind of like bring the old guys, like the old way we we we, we practice and the way we play back? Do you think he's a little nervous and a little scared about that? No, think that's part I, of I I think if he had guys acting like you know Ray Lewis and. And uh, Ed Reed out there on the practice field, that Al Golden would love it. It's just the problem is they don't have enough guys on this team that that have a resume to have that type of mindset. So, so basically, what you're saying they have the wrong guys in. Let's just let's just well, they, 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 there's not enough proven talent on the team that's going to be able to carry themselves like that on a practice field. They need guys to step up and become ball players. Gary, you're doing a good job with this. You know, you're giving us a little, but you don't want to give us a whole lot of what you're thinking. I'm, you don't I'm, want to be I'm trying to give you a lot. I'm, I'm trying, trying to, to give it to you straight. I'm trying to give you a lot. You know, they need yeah, guys to... to step up and become ball players who then can go out on the practice field and take ownership of the football team. You can't, hey, Gary, you can't take ownership of the football team if you don't have a resume yourself. And there aren't many guys on this team right now, and we'll make this the parting thought for tonight, that have that type of resume to walk out on Green Tree and take ownership of that team. And that's the problem that they, that they still have. And as a new season starts here in 2014, for them to take the next level as a football team and as a program, they need some of these guys to step up and become ball players. And then when they do, they will have the respect down. of every guy on the roster, and then you, you will see the practices take on a different demeanor day to day. All right? I think on the back end, I think on the back end it could be Dallas. Even though he only got two years left, I think it could be Dallas corporate. I think it really could be. Well, I mean, he'll certainly try. That's a kid that has the right mindset. All right. Hey, man, hey, thanks for calling and being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. All right. All right, guys, I know, um, I know we still have several guys on the board. Uh, sorry we didn't get you in this week. Um, phenomenal show. Please call back. Uh, next week, um, try to get in a little earlier, and, and we'll try to get you on. Um, but really, I can't compliment um, everyone tonight. Uh, just a great uh, two hours of phone calls and points and debate and conversation. And you know, everyone's obviously anxious, waiting to see what type of team is going to show up on September 1st. We talked about the significance of that game. Tried to update you on what's going on with some of these position battles, and we'll do it all again next Tuesday night, same bat time same bat channel. So uh, for everyone at KeenSport.com, thanks for being part of our show, and uh, we'll see you all again next week.